Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing the show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out tangiboundnetwork.com. You can look them up and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile friendly. What more could you ask for? Which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains. You can do it. You can do it. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's show, Josh Peterson and I are going gaga over the second volume of the Guardians of the Galaxy. But will word of mouth from audiences hurt? Or help the film's success. And with Free Comic Book Day coming this week, we take a look at the industry itself and judge what kind of impact the Secret Wars saga has had with comic book fans. And with the 2DS XL being announced, we ask the question once again. What the heck is Nintendo doing? All this and Humanica Media steps up to the plate with a curveball from the guys at the Super BS Gamescast. And the What About This podcast. It's another home run of a show we have for you today as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos, episode number 35 out there, folks. That's right. We've reached 35 episodes of our outstanding podcast, and we truly appreciate you listening to us each and every week right here on the Podcast Radio Network. We're also available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podcast.com, Mixcloud, the ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, and the Gunna Geek Network as well. And if you download our show or the PCC Multiverse, which is our Friday show, download either one of those shows right there off of our Pop Culture Cosmos channel on any one of those download networks, you get a bonus episode from Humanican Media, Rob McCallum Films, Game Source, or the Pop Culture Cosmos added on to each and every episode as well. 
Well, it's another great, great show we have for you today. And it, as always, here is my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend behind Humanican Media, and also a man who desperately wanted to go to Fire Festival, but just didn't quite make it. It's Josh Peterson. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Just disappointed. You know, kind of like how Ja Rule couldn't win that race against Vin Diesel in the first Fast and the Furious. Just couldn't get to Fire Fest, you know? It's just one of those... Uh, unfortunate accidents what is it did you said before the you know that we went on the air what was it i was comparing what were we comparing Firefest to coachella something like that or i think you were just surprised that ja rule was even still alive oh yeah 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 i mean i i i, I didn't even know he's alive still i i, I honestly thought that he was <laughs> had gone the way of tupac <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate everyone out there listening to our show. This is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed it is. Josh, what we got in tune this week coming up for us out there from our good friends at Humanica Media. We have Super BS Gamescast coming out tomorrow at Monday sometime. No specific time. Um, what about this? We'll hit airwaves. And by airwaves, I mean internet websites around eight o'clock so uh and i but getting on a little bit more of a serious note you guys uh, in the especially on the what about this podcast really has some tough issues to tackle in regards to that particular podcast could you let everyone know out there that that might have an interest in actually downloading the show what it's all about maybe a little sneak peek on on what the uh, subject matter is yeah so this week we they talked to I. I was I got to sit at the table this week instead of behind the keyboard. So this week we talked about um, thirteen reasons why and why uh, suicide is not entertainment. So we a couple of us uh, kind of opened up with our experiences with depression or uh, and uh, you know the, the thoughts that that leads to, and we we have a, a great conversation about it. And like if you're Basically, if you're feeling that kind of thing, like you just, you know, it's good. It, people like to know that they're not alone. They like to have someone. I, I don't want to go into too much detail about it, but uh, it, it's definitely one of the deeper uh, subjects that we've explored. Because we as a society, especially in, in the media today, you know, today on television, film, whatnot, we do glorify violence to an extent. But when it comes to glorifying violence on oneself and glorifying suicide, that's something where, where many people such as maybe uh you know religious groups or even normal people out there that's where they draw the line correct correct yeah and what 13 reasons i'll get just a little bit into the topic what 13 reasons why so the guy that wrote it um i forget what his name is but he he had never experienced any of this stuff he had never experienced depression or suicidal feelings at least that i know of what the book you know they interviewed him and he said that the book was based on the experiences of somebody else allegedly somebody else and so what they've done is they've taken this like this topic that it it needs to be, you know, if you're going to make media out of something like this, it needs to be done in a way that promotes dialogue with people. So they will actually start talking about it, not treat it like a taboo subject, which I don't know, you know, you think in, an, in this era of like socially conscious movements, like mental health would be something that people would want to talk about. But, you know, what they did was they, they took a subject that's really, it, it, it affects a lot of people and they turned it into a, like a, a drama on the CW, like Vampire Diaries or something. It's just, uh, you know, we go into detail about that on the podcast, but it's just something that it, you know, it, it's not really, in my eyes, it's not acceptable. 
Well, we're going to have a, a clip from that show and also the Super BS Gamescast on today's show as well to give you a taste and also let you know exactly where you can hear all those great podcasts. And that's definitely going to be something to look forward to indeed. But yes, check out all of Humanican Media's work in regards to the What About This podcast and the Super BS Gamescast as well. Well, getting into this week's show, it's actually already started as far as the well, the excitement begins for for all of us comic book fans when it comes to you know heading out to our local movie theater because this week starts the summer rampage known as the movie season with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and well, international audiences have already gotten a taste of it. It's already uh, premiered out in several countries and already has garnered over a hundred million dollars already in the international box office. That's great news because I believe it's about 57% above what the original did back in August of 2014. So so I ask you, Josh, everything is going good right now for, for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And it seems to be really you know going strong towards its premiere date here in the U.S. But what I want to ask you is... The word of mouth, as far as critically, has the movie trailing be the the actual original Guardians of the Galaxy, as far as uh, critical response is concerned. Could that be a problem when it comes out here locally? You know, here in the United States, as re- in regards to maybe people will start spreading some some maybe not so positive word of mouth that may ultimately hurt the picture and the audience that might want to be interested in going to it long-term. With sequels, it's always dangerous because you have that first one that kind of set the standard, and it, you know ev- everything that's made after that is going to be compared to it. Like when, we saw, when Avengers Age of Ultron came out, we naturally compared it to Avengers 1, or like Iron Man 3 was you know my least favorite of the Iron Man movies, but we can, you know be, that's probably because I was comparing it to Iron Man 2, Iron Man 1. So yeah, you're going to get a little backlash like that. I, I, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is one of those movies that people don't go to watch it for, at, at least like me personally, I didn't go, to, when I went to see it, I wasn't expecting like a, uh, you know, a deep drama to it. I was just wanting to go to be entertained. It was a fun movie to watch. And I think that, you know, it, even if there is a little bit of backlash from, you know, people saying it's not as good as the first one, I think people are still going to go see it. It's not going to stop them from, you know, sit, spending a couple hours in a movie theater on a hot on a warm night just be just for something to do so i i i think there I, I don't think it's going to be a problem well i think the overall critical thinking at this point is that it's it's still in its own right a pretty good movie to watch although like you said it does not hit according to most critics out there what the original one it, it did as far as from from being a quality movie but it's still a very good movie in its own right what i'm worried about is that when it comes out that people will take that and run with it on social media as far as well saying that it's nowhere near the original. Um, it's really not, not com- you can't compare it to the original. It's really not, not as good. So maybe you shouldn't go see it. Uh, I just think anything on the fringe like that, that isn't uh, just a, a slam dunk home run. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, about several times last year where, where movies that were on the fence as far as a, a critical response is concerned, got a lot of bad, public word of mouth that that really ultimately hurt the the pic, those pictures long term and i'm hoping that this won't be the case i'm hoping that it will still be another great marvel tentpole movie and i'm, I'm definitely hoping that 
that it will actually turn out to be a great movie experience indeed. Um, as far as you know, the numbers are concerned, I, I don't know if it will reach Captain America Civil War numbers. I don't think it'll come close to it. I think if it gets a billion dollars, I think Disney should be very thankful that it does. It's already garnered over a hundred million, so that's a good start already. It's not. I don't even think it's going to do even the Fate and the Furious numbers. But if it does get over a billion, I think it's definitely something that Disney should applaud. Indeed. What are your thoughts out there? As far as, are you still excited for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Because everybody's seen the reviews by now. I'm sure they've looked out there. I'm sure they've seen as far as the numbers are concerned that's already generated. And they have, I'm sure they've either checked out Metacritic or or certain their their favorite place they like to go see film reviews out there. Is this of any concern for you? Are you maybe hedging your bets as when it comes to going and seeing the actual film itself, or are you still just as excited as ever to go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Let us know your thoughts right here on popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, or you can just send us a message on Facebook or Twitter on Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and Game Source as well. Well, we got a great show for you today, including a lot of other great things as far as we're going to be talking a little bit about Nintendo, we're going to be talking some comic books. And you know what, Josh? I got. I want to ask you a question. I want to get on the bike real quick. Uh, you know, have you been seeing that social media thing that's going around where people would just go ahead and I saw these ten bands that are out there, and and one of these is a lie. So, but you got to guess which one that's going to be. So, have you seen that game that's out there using that terrible? Voice I, I, I saw it. Yeah, I, I read it in that terrible voice too. I was like, all right, this guy saw a fish concert. Yes. Yes. But, uh, but have, yes. have you seen, you know, okay, so you've seen that. I'll tell you what we're going to do at the end of the show. I'm going to give you the show right now, the entire show to think about it, to write down nine that you've seen and one that's a lie. And I got to guess which one it is. And you got to do the same for me. How about that? Sounds good. The joke's on you, though, because I've actually only seen nine live bands. So it's, uh, it's all good. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, one of them still got to be a lie indeed. So there you go. Uh, we're going to be doing that at the end of the show later on in the hour. Something to look forward to indeed. Plus, we've also got the Super BS Gamescast, which is coming up right after the break. And also as well, we're going to be coming up later on the show with a segment from What About This Podcast. It's another great episode we have for you right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Hey everyone, if you're in the Southern California area and are looking for the best way to improve your home, look no further than adding some always green synthetic grass today. Whether it's creating that awesome backyard that's kid and pet friendly, or that punting green to work on your golf game, always green provides installation and landscaping with only American-made products such as their famous synthetic turf with advanced drainage technology and backed by a 15-year warranty that will have your yard looking great for a very long time. Always Green also installs retaining walls, custom lighting and driveways, and the most beautiful stone walkways. So if you live in the Southern California area, what are you waiting for? Financing is also available, so call for a free estimate today. 714-614-7814. That's 714-614-7814. Or stop by their store at 16772 Wanda Circle in Huntington Beach and get your home looking great with always green synthetic turf and putting greens. 
a proud sponsor of Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and the PCC Multiverse Channels. The guys from the Super BS Games cast are back sharing their thoughts on the gaming world. talk about um that's it okay. i mean i know we already talked about i finished mass effect yeah oh you finished it I finished it oh me, did, did we talk about that i don't remember no i don't know i think you told me on the phone but i don't think okay we about so here. i finished mass effect i i reached the point where i was in the um, year yeah because <laughs> there's there's so much to do and i i reached the point where i'm like dude i just I, i'm gonna be stuck on this game forever if i don't just play through the rest of it so i played through the rest of it and I, it ended, and I did not feel an attachment to any of the characters. I was like, there's all this stuff happening. The dialogue, the villain was very bland, and the dialogue going on during that last fight was just not well thought out. And I just, I did not feel anything. Like, I, I could have, like, the, the main characters could have all died, and I would have been, oh, that's fine, whatever. Well, it's a Mass Effect. You don't play it for the story. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah it's really dumb that reminds me of like how cool the first Mass Effect was when you fight Saren at the end of it mm. like oh man do you guys remember that like oh, yeah. it, it's just like such a cool moment oh man yeah they have this whole story too with the Krogan and it's Rex it's not <laughs> it's not Rex but it's just all these Krogans and they just made the Krogans out to be just total like whiny about everything like it's I, I'm still excited to play it at some point when it drops slow enough because I've I've heard they're patching the game to you know completion. Yeah, and they're gonna finish it at some point. So I think by the end of this year, Wait, the game's not d- finished. Uh, I've just heard they're adding like not just animations; they're adding story stuff and changing dialogue and doing like I I'm curious like what Mass Effect Andromeda will look like. Yeah, like they're changing like PC stuff, but they're also doing like story stuff which I'm like I don't know if Mass Effect Andromeda just even story wise is going to be the same at the end of this year as it is right now I mean that's so it's basically just a focus tested game a focus group tested game they had EA was probably saying hey you cannot make this into next fiscal year because we are not going to give you a budget for it so your choice is to put it out now my guess is yeah but I'm sure EA also said like made them make it anyway where it's like well yeah my guess is, though, like, you imagine if you were working on a project and you want to make this project as cool as you can, because I'm sure those people on it wanted to make it cool, you know? Like, yeah. games, while people do make some money making them, it's not, like, the highest paid thing you could do with that when you're that smart, you know? Right. Um, my guess is they wanted to make it cool, but the truth is, if you have somebody saying, like, it's due by this day, and you can't get it ready that time... And like, it has to include this, 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 and this. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah sure, like, I'm sure EA had, like, a giant list of, like... If they could have... Assassin's Creed sure. that needed to have. It's one of those things, like, you have people who are like, hey, hurry up and put this game out, and then you have the developers who are like, it's not ready to go out, but they have to, have to meet the deadline, but yeah. they the, the developers, not developers, but the people, the publishers are still expecting it to have the quality that people are expecting. It's almost yeah. impossible. But then it also comes down to people. Yeah. Kind of I mean, bleed pe- into games as art yeah. discussion that we'll have with the Call of Duty stuff in a sec. But yes. Yeah, but it's... Uh, one last thing about that, and then I want to talk about the, the games I've been playing real quick. Um, like, the people have been whining a lot about Mass Effect. From what I understand, in any other year if it would have come out, a lot of people would have accepted it as a great game. But mm-hmm. it just came out after Zelda, and after Horizon, and after Neo, and after... 
Witcher, and just after so many games that it feels like, well, if you would have released this at like Dragon Age Inquisition time, maybe people would have been more forgiving because yeah. there was just less. The thing is, games. a lot of people who are whining about it have also gone out and picked it up and are. Yeah, I mean, those yeah, are the people that are going to whine about it. The people who aren't are going to buy it regardless. That's that's always how it is, and they're going to be the ones who get the game changed, even though the people will like some things about it. They'll be like, "Well, we hate this," and it's going to be like ten people, you yeah. know, and it's like nobody else cares, just these ten people. That's the Super BS Gamescast, available today on Humanica Media's Facebook and YouTube channels. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. It started with a simple concept. One man. 30 days. Buy all the Nintendo games without using the internet in any way. Boom. There's no cheat codes, there's no game genie, there's no extra lives. Some way, somehow, he'll succeed at what he wants to do with this. This journey is going to be incredible. I'm going to literally go across the country. There are precisely three things he's passionate about. Star Wars, rock and roll, and video games. And the big boss at the end of the game is the ticking clock. If he doesn't beat that, he loses a chance at a dream. I think the collecting of the games, I think, will be the easier part for him. I'm going to get to see all these amazing game stores, all these different types of people. Regardless of whether he gets all the games, it's just going to be this massive game loving. It's just going to be fun. And then we started asking ourselves why it was Nintendo. Why did we pick Nintendo over any other game company because I think that's the system everyone can relate to. Everyone loves the NES. For a period of time there, Nintendo was a word used to describe video games in general. Every game they came out with really had a level of success to one degree or another. And you didn't just play for three or four days. You played for weeks, sometimes months. Think about Mario and Zelda and only being limited to that space. So everything had to be so melodic. These are cool items that document historical information. If someone were to show me a library of NES games in a file on their computer, I'm not impressed. If someone were to show me the artifacts, that's what matters. Anyone can take a picture. Again, I'll say it, man. Life is too short to be doing something that you don't want to do every day. The NES is the system responsible for the industry for what it is today. That's the system everyone can relate to. Everyone loves the NES. Why don't you show me some of the games you have the world record on? Well, I have it on Zexon, Yars Revenge, Star Master, Star Voyager, Skiing. I guess games on every one of these roads. Cubert, Pitfall, Laser Blast, Kangaroo, E.T., Chopper Command. That and, of course, the favorite <laughs> dragster up in the corner. The hit documentary Nintendo Quest, now available on Comic-Con HQ and Crackle. And we're back right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source, reaching out to each and every one of you by saying thank you so much for listening to our show. We're still the number one podcast right here on the Podcast Radio Network each and every Monday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Podcast Radio Network. Josh, before we go into your favorite company once again, What's going on with the latest with Humanican Media? We have the Super BS Gamescast coming up tomorrow. Uh, the What About This podcast will hit tomorrow night, the latest episode. You don't want to miss it. It's actually 
very deep topic. Uh, you also be able to hear a piece of that on this, uh, this episode of the pop culture cosmos. And if it appeals to you, then please uh, download it, check it out, recommend it to your friends. And uh, it's definitely a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. So I hope you enjoy. Yeah, those are some great uh, shows. Looking forward to the, the actual full playing of it. Indeed, uh, definitely appreciate you allowing us to put both cuts right here on today's show as well. Well, Nintendo has done it again. I don't know what to tell you at this point because we seem to talk about it on, on, on a weekly basis as far as you know one head scratching move with the other. It was recently suggested that you know uh, there was a lot of discussion when when the NES Classic was discontinued that there was an SEN. Oh, there, there's no problem. There's you know the, yeah, it's wildly popular, but there's an SNES Classic coming up later in the holidays, so I guess that's okay. But still, people a lot of people wanted the NES Classic because, as you know, it's still being sold at an extremely high rate, and as now it's no longer even available at retailers. So that's very disappointing indeed. When um, I guess it was Reggie that was spoken to in a recent interview, and I'm just while Josh speaks, I'm going to clarify that's the case. The resources that were available to Nintendo were not infinite, so that was the re- one of the reasonings behind the NES Classic getting cut. It's because they don't have enough resources to uh, apply themselves to to both the Switch and the NES Classic. Or so we thought, because sure enough, they announced this past weekend the Nintendo 2DS XL. Really something that we really needed on the marketplace. Coming out pretty soon uh, at $149.99. So Josh, I ask you, did the world need the 2DS XL? And does it really put a Band-Aid on on people's... uh, anger and people's uh, dissension in regards to Nintendo when it comes to the discontinuation of the NES Classic? It's weird to me. It's like when uh, Blu-ray came out and manufacturers wanted to still promote VHS so they would make a... Or when DVD came out and manufacturers would produce the uh, VHS-DVD combo players. Uh, I it, It's weird, honestly. Like Nobody wanted a 2DS XL. Like it was Nintendo has some great handheld systems, but I think a lot of people were hoping that it would be the handheld aspect of the Nintendo Switch instead of moving forward with more uh, DS stuff. So it, it, it's just it was, it was a really weird thing. Nintendo just I hope that they have a plan for what they're doing, and I'm sure there's like some method to their madness. But it, you know, they have all these all this potential for making money, but they're not, you know, they're not catering to their customers and they're not giving their customers what they want. So it's, it's kind of a weird thing. And I hope that it all starts to make sense, maybe come E3, but you know, they are a very, very frustrating company. To say the least. And as far as someone who has, you know, been a video game fan for, you know, since childhood, some 40 plus years ago, it's been very hard to follow this company over the last 10 years as far as one strange decision after another you know from the from the Wii being being sparse for a good good portion of its term as far as its availability you know not getting into the marketplace for for mobile phones and tablets sometimes sooner and then now this as far as the well the Wii U being being what it was and now 
this as far as the Switch not being available, plus the NES Classic being discontinued, and something that the world really didn't need in the 2DS XL. I just don't get it myself. It's just very head scratching. I, I just they they leave so much money on the table. I know me and and you and pretty much a, a lot of other people just say that over and over, but it just doesn't seem to sink in with Nintendo, where they just keep on just all these opportunities to make so much more money and so many more people happy and so many more individuals loving the Nintendo product yet they choose to pass up those opportunities time and time again. And it just really is just head-scratching why they still continue to make these moves. And I, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, what do you think as far as long-term is, is the future for Nintendo 2DS XL? Do you think it's something that's even going to make a, a blip on the radar screen? Or do you think with the 3DS XL and the 3DS out there at a similar price that, that you can get at, does it really matter? And would do you think it'll hurt sales of the Switch itself? No, at this point, the only thing that's going to hurt sales of the Nintendo Switch itself is Nintendo itself because they 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 they're a bunch of jerks, man. Especially when it comes to like distributing their stuff, like it, it's they they create the the I don't know the need for it, the what people want it, and they they go on like they'll line up for it at four in the morning just because they think that it's scarce. So. With the 2DS XL, I get is that what it, the 2DS XL? Um, I, I I don't know, man. Like it, it's either people are gonna buy it or Nintendo's gonna do you know try another one of their marketing stunts and uh, you know they'll sell it for a year, discontinue or whatever, make it their limited thing because that seems to be Nintendo's calling card. But I don't know if there's any interest in it in the first place. I know it'll sell a few. Maybe kids will get some DSs for Christmas this coming year, but it, it's just. I don't see a lot of interest in it because there's not a lot of people nowhere in any of the forums that I've been reading on Nintendo switch and all the Nintendo accessories have people been like, you know, I could really use another DS coming out. And I just, I don't see good things for it. It's possible, you know, it'll sell some, but we'll see. Well, it just seems very unfortunate because uh, I was correct when I said Reggie Philames, uh, who is the, you know, in charge of Nintendo product here in the, the North American sector, when he says to to time, uh, as far as, you know, we just don't have unlimited resources. I understand that. I get that. But when you see a product that sells as well as it did for the NES Classic, and they're aware, they, they know how much it sells on the open marketplace. They know how much it goes for on eBay and Amazon and all that. And they see the demand for it. They, they're not blind to it. And that they see also as well that the fact that the Switch is selling so well, despite its high price, despite its lack of quality games, despite the fact that Zelda is the only thing that's actually worth until Mario Kart came out to actually be, you know, a full system seller for it. There's Snipper Clips and, and there's a couple other games that, that are nice to have on there as well. Some of them, which, which you already probably have on PC or other consoles, but, you know, there's just... I, I don't get it. I don't get what Nintendo does half the time because it's just really puzzling. Because it, you know, anybody who goes to regular business one-on-one schools tells you, you know, when you have something that that's very strong seller for for even a short amount of time, you try to make sure you can you can be able to provide the consumers, you know, the product with that kind of demand for at least a, a longer interim than what they have. So, 
Another disappointing decision by Nintendo indeed, because I don't really think Nintendo 2DS XL is going to be something that's that's going to be in high demand, especially for something that's been relatively well. It's, you know, older brethren are have been out in various iterations with the Nintendo 3DS, the Nintendo 2DS, the Nintendo 3DS XL. They've been out for so long now that and were so widely available that it's just you know, a very, very strange decision indeed by Nintendo. What are your thoughts on Nintendo 2DS XL? Is this something that you really are interested in getting, or is it something that you really didn't care was coming out? And are you hurt by the fact that they're focusing on this instead of trying to revive the NES Classic or produce more Nintendo Switches? Let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Emanican Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone listening out there. We we thank you so much for being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. I'm here along with my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend behind Humanica Media. It's Josh Peterson. And Josh, just want to get an update, if not on the Humanica Media as far as the podcast is concerned, but what's going on with Ghost toasters ah yes funny story so today i had at my work this lady came up to me and said um hey my kids are huge fans of ghost toasters and that was like super flattering to me and then she went on to say that uh they actually they like it so much that they started making their own fan films of ghost toasters and that's like that just blew me away and i i didn't think that anybody really like cared that much but Apparently they do. So I was talking about with Chad Smith of Hyper Schmidt, not of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Don't get that confused. Um, and we decided, hey, we're gonna move forward. Let's 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 fast track this next episode. So production has begun. The writing's going down this week, and there's gonna be a, a you know we're gonna finish episode three coming up here real soon. So you'll probably be able to see something of it in the next few weeks. Well, that's great to hear indeed, because I want to tell you, someone who enjoys the entire anthology of the actual Ghost Toaster saga, uh, it's truly something uh, that's enjoyable, lighthearted fun, and I recommend it to anybody out there that gets a chance to watch it either on Humanica Media's YouTube channel or Facebook channel indeed. So... Talking about, uh, well, actually, this is another special week. We mentioned that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is coming out, uh, and that's something that we're definitely both looking forward to. But there's also another great reason to be a comic book fan this week, and that's because... Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Is this a trick question? Yes, because it's free comic book day this week. I'm sorry. 
my mind jumped to like the most sarcastic thing I think of. I thought you were going to tell me that they uh, remastered David Hasselhoff's Agents of Shield movie. I was, you know, secretly excited about it, but shh, don't tell anyone. Okay, okay, but it is free comic book day coming up this week. Check out your local comic book store to find out if they are participating and virtually, you know, all of them are across the United States. Uh, so at least so many of them are that I, I've been I've been seeing and I've been investigating. A lot of people are looking forward to it as a way to get the kids involved, but also as well, uh, big kids as well, getting Hey, you can never, and, you're never too old to read comic books. And, no, no. And, and also a lot of them are running in conjunction, a lot of great sales. So definitely your local comic book retailer should be have that information. So ask them, call them, and see if they're going to be doing something special. But go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, you know, shop around too. Like I noticed that there's, there's probably about four or five comic book shops in my area, and they're all doing free comic book day, but there are certain ones that actually have special deals going on so you can buy like the uh collected paperbacks for 20 percent off so it's just you know it, shop, shop around don't just stop at one comic book store see see the lot you know it's uh a lot of good stuff out there you might stumble upon something you never knew you wanted to read exactly and if you go to one comic book store and you're only able to get so many of the free comic books because they may have run out you may want to go to another one and check to see if they have the ones you you couldn't get there the other store indeed so definitely Something to look forward to is free comic book day. So check and call your local comic book retailer if for more information on that to see if they are participating. And let's hope they do because it's a great time. My girls absolutely love it. And they just definitely check out, you know, like hours and hours of reading. It's free and their comic books. And it gives you a little taste of, of all these comic books are all about. So it's a great thing indeed. But in so doing, it's it's a check for the comic book industry as a whole because I know comic book sales have not been as strong as they have been in the past, and I know we've talked about this as well. You know, there's a lot of central factors for that. You know, the movies are concerned that that taking a little bit of the audience away, digital formats, maybe something that that even though it's easier now to get comic books, maybe it takes a little bit of the fun out of it the collecting, the prices, and the ink as far as costing for, for you know rising prices as well. But I want to ask you this, Josh. The controversial Secret Wars, which you've touched on a little bit, has, has really struck a nerve, struck a nerve hard with, with comic book fans. And a lot has, you know, a lot of them have been vocal. A lot of them have been very upset with the way the Secret Wars have gone as far as Marvel's concerned, and, and obviously Captain America becoming an agent of, of Hydra, and at, as far as that realm, has become even harder for comic book fans to swallow. I know for me, it's just really just disappointing that they've continued this and not made this like, oh, well, he wasn't Hydra all along, it was a secret plan or whatnot. Well, unfortunately, he's not, not only uh, they're not only going through with it, but they're going through with it all the way as far as that's concerned. And uh, I've seen even recent stories about him getting uh, acquiring Mjolnir's hammer and away from Thor, and and him getting even more power for his evil deeds. So I ask you, Josh, could in some ways Secret Wars be something that that's hurting the comic book industry as a whole? And it's something that maybe it's going to take a long time to get out of as far as the industry is concerned. 
I think so. I've I've actually had this conversation with a lot of people, and they they everyone keeps assuring me that like, trust me, Marvel's got a plan. They know what they're doing. I don't think so. Like, I think that they're they're trying. Like the aftermath of Secret Wars, like you know, they destroyed a whole bunch of Marvel universes and brought a lot of characters out of uh, previous uh, out of retirement, I guess, and some newer characters out of different dimensions into the new. Uh, Marvel Universe, and it, it's it's stirred a lot of controversy. I mean, just not just among comic book fans, but a, a lot, among people in general. Obviously, that's why we've been seeing a lot of these articles pop up in, on our news feeds or on Yahoo or whatever. And as, as far as the Captain America thing goes, I don't think they know what they're doing. I think it's just like one of those fast-moving trains that are about to derail and they can't quite stop it. Well, it's like, I think it's because they they think they committed and they went all in. It's like, oh well, we got to deal with it now. We got to go in all way. We've already you know dipped our toe in the water, so yeah, let's just go I right mean, in. Just think about the consequences of this. So, like you're you're basically it's like taking Batman and turning him into the Joker. Like it's just it you're taking some people's like favorite superhero and you're just completely flipping it upside down. Like it doesn't matter like how old Captain America is or how, you know, how many villains he's fought or whatever. If you're taking like what makes him, what defines him, what makes him that character and you're, uh, you you know, you're making him go dark, you're making him evil, like a full on Anakin Skywalker situation. I, I don't think it's going to sit well with fans and where I'm curious where they're going to go with it. But it's, you know, if, it, if there is something big, like a big reveal, a big gotcha waiting at the end of the road, you have to ask yourself how many fans, like there's a lot of pissed off fans out there and how many of them are going to stick with it long enough to find that because they're, they're all readerships already dropping off with the Captain America comic book. So it's, it's, uh, it's weird, weird territory. The negative connotations are, are threefold as far as the problems long-term for Marvel and the comic book industry because of this, event and because of the decisions that are made in regards to Captain America and the Secret Wars as a whole. Uh, you know, first you have the older comic book fans like yourself and other ones who are now revolting and who now will not be putting in their regular monthly or yearly quota as far as into their comic book passion and and maybe going and spending that money alternatively somewhere else because they really do not like the fact that their hero for so like you said so for so many years Captain America now standing f- for something long term that that they truly despise and then there's kids that either they're they're teaching their kids or to stay away from comic books or kids are not interested in, in Captain America anymore because he is a bad guy, but yet they see Chris Evans on the screen being, you know, the 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 fighting for justice no matter what the cost type of good. And I know Chris Evans himself has had been on the record, you know, at the time he learned of where Captain America was going, is that that he's not exactly thrilled about it either. And and people are asking him now, is that the way his character gonna is gonna go on screen? I don't think Disney's gonna want that. I don't think Disney's gonna allow that. If they do, I think that is also a disappointing decision. And then last but not least, the long term, like you said, if there is a gotcha moment and they true do try to make everything back to normal where Steve Rogers is, is back to being good old Cap that everybody knows and loves, I think there's going to be so much of a backlash that's taken place over the past year, two years, wherever this ends up. That, that they're going to be very slow to come back at all. And it's going to take a great storyline to get them back if they do. And I, 
I think actually the Secret Wars in many ways has put off a lot of fans for good. What are your thoughts? It's not just the Captain America issue. It's a lot of things that they've done with this new uh, reset of their universe has kind of angered a lot of people, whether it's over, uh, you know, Captain America, whether it's over Spider-Man or Iron Man giving up the mantle or all like the, uh, you know, we we talked about uh, how, they're, they're talking about like the how the diversity is causing problems. It's just it's there's all kinds of issues going on. I don't know if some of them are issues. Some of them are probably non-issues. I'm sure, but it's it's I, I'm Marvel's making a lot of bold moves, and it's nobody really knows where they're going. Like personally, I would love to see Marvel just reset to issue one or issue zero or whatever, kind of like what DC did with the new Fifty Two. But I don't ever see them doing something like that. So it's they yeah. might have to because it, at this point in time, the state of the industry is right. hurting. If it, it right now goes the way of Marvel goes, if people are not interested in the Marvel product, then the the industry as a whole suffers because of it. Right, right, and you're we're reaching the point now too. Like it's it's a double edged sword because if people get bored of the uh, the comic books, they're and they have they're just going to stick to the movies. They're no longer going to try to branch out from the movies to the comic books because they're the their the cinematic universe has yet to make the mat or stir the pot in any way. So, you know, why are they going to keep reading something that's frustrating them if they have the uh, the alternative, which is that you know the the movies? Well, I just think Disney is wouldn't be not it's not going to be that stupid to to turn Captain America uh, into a, an agent of Hydra. Yeah. I just don't think they would be that dense to to make such a maneuver. I mean, as a short term thing, I thought it was kind of a cool gimmick, you know. Okay, just just trick everybody by by saying he's Hydra, but then you know, like you said, gotcha, he he's good after all. Nope, this has gone on way too long and far too long for a lot of comic book aficionados, a lot of kids, and, and a lot of individuals such as myself who have even a, a passing interest in the actual comic book industry itself. And for someone who's you know, like our comic book guru, such as yourself, it's obviously struck a nerve with you as well. Right, right. So it's, I, I, I personally, I stopped reading it. I don't, I don't really care anymore. Like, I'm not going to go out and spend $4 on something that continues to frustrate me, like each issue it comes out. So I don't even, I haven't even read a Marvel comic book in probably three or four months. So, uh, you know, and they're, there are other great comic books to read, but I, I just I don't have any desire to keep going into that. So I've been keeping up, you know, through the articles and whatnot. But yeah, man, it's 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 real. And there you go. In a nutshell, that's the state of the comic book industry from us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos. And I thought things look really, really bleak right now. But I think the industry as a whole start in the sense that and I think one of the ways that they will try to entice people to come back into the world of comic books is free comic book day. And I think that's always a great way to try and kickstart some enthusiasm for the comic book products. So make sure you contact your local comic book dealer and check, make to sure that they are part of the free comic book day promotion. There's, you know, I've heard as many as upwards of 30 to almost 40, almost 40 different comic books uh, will be available free of charge that the family can go out there and pick up and, and enjoy. So so hopefully that will, will turn out to be the case and hopefully it'll be the kickstart that the comic book industry needs because it's really on a little bit of a downslope right now and a lot of it due to the Secret Wars and Marvel's 
very continuing, puzzling decision. What are your thoughts on the comic book industry? Let us know your thoughts. And also, as well, what are your thoughts on Captain America and the Secret Wars? PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also, as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanican Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. When we come back, we're going to be going ahead and, and checking out a little bit of the What About This podcast that both Josh and myself have talked about. So we're going to give you a taste about that, a very, very serious subject to talk about. And I hope you get a chance. It's little tidbit coming up right after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. Check it out. Every Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Podcast Radio Network. And now, here's a clip from the What About This podcast from Humanica Media. Yeah, why do I expect you to understand this? Right. I can educate you now. And so it's like this, this, this up here, where we got to educate from here. Those two different people that are going to sit side by side and learn from one another so they could, so they could both understand where this person is coming from. I don't forget this guy lost his, is a pastor who lost his son and people would come up to him and say like, Oh, I'm so sorry that what happened to, you You know, we've just lost our dog. And he goes, he goes, I don't care about your dog. Right. Because you just equated my son to your dog. Yeah. And and really what happens is when you're trying to fix someone or you're trying to, even the whole therapy thing, I think maybe get there eventually. But like, the, if yeah. that's your first reaction, the the my dog decide it's making it about you. Yeah. It's not making it yeah. about them. Like you are standing in front of them, saying like, "Oh, your problems are really about me." Uh-huh. But not like it, not my not your problems are something I want to care for and 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 sort of nurture with you. And what it's I'm like, saying you're is, making it about me. What I'm yeah. saying is, we got to be also mindful of the person who says, "Do my dog just died?" Is Again, their intent. Right. Their intent is yes. like I'm trying right. somehow, but they also don't know how. Right. And exactly. why don't they know how? It's not their fault necessarily. No. So no. no one's talking about these things up here. <clears throat> yeah. So the masses are just trying to like, yeah, dude, I know my lizard died. And you're like, oh, what? Your lizard, like my human, just died. And so, <laughs> so you kind of go like, I think you missed it. And but even that person, that person has to. Again, this is a coach. I was like, understand that the masses don't know how to deal with. I, and I right. think, I think what we need to do, um, I think what we need to be able to do is just when we're confronted with something like this, like cancer, suicide, like people who've gone through it, death. I think we need to be okay saying, like, you know, I'm sorry, I don't know what to say right now. Like, I literally, like, there's nothing I can say that's going to make this better. I don't know what to say because it's a really difficult situation. I'm just going to sit here with you. Like, I'm so, just going to sit here so and be with a you. A lot of yeah. times, when I was in a really, I'm not comparing this to suicide, uh, but when I was in a really thick battle of OCD, yeah, um, and, and it, I mean, emotionally, it really was bothering me. Yeah, I would talk to people, and most times, I there there were some people that they would just start going, they would just start going on and on, and so. Uh, I loved that they were trying to help me, but I would tell some people, I said, 
I'm going to tell you some things that are going on in my mind. And really, all I need is for you to tell me that I'm normal and that I'm okay. Yeah, all I need is I just need an affirmation from a right. voice that's not my own yes. in right. my head yes. that I'm all right. So, so you and I, I remember having conversations with you. And I remember looking back over the weeks and the months of us having conversations and going... I remember think trying to like because I was like so desperate to like connect with you and mm-hmm. to quote unquote like help you diffuse some of the like you're saying those thoughts like I'm normal and I remember I remember just by myself going like I think I might have said some things that I was trying to help and I remember then I was and I desperately was like I don't get what you're saying uh-huh. and I and, and so it was a very cool learning for me as yeah. you expressed to I remember me this conversation. what was going yeah. on yeah and I am very much so like fascinated and interested in care uh-huh. but I even remember like I can I, I vividly remember there was a little bit of frustration in you right. there's like no, but you're not listening. And it's like, you know I was, but I needed you to teach me. Uh-huh. Right. I needed you to show me what I was missing. Yeah. And I think it takes a person, and I'm not like patting myself on the back, but it takes a person, uh-huh. a desire to understand uh-huh. what that right. individual is trying to communicate and you going, you going in a nice way like, shut up, man, just listen. Yeah. And, right. but like, I needed to know, and I think you showed me over time uh-huh. how to, how to operate and just to like, oh, okay, so it's, I, you can't just do this. It's not that simple. Cause yeah. I'm coming from a place of, I don't understand you. Right. And so right. a lot of times yeah. too, if you try and solve the problem without, right. without understanding, understanding you're like, yeah, that's not it. Well, a lot of, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, I feel like I'm getting more frustrated but I also have to remember that you you're not you're not here in my head of yes. what I've already like been working through. Really, all I need from you is to go. Yeah, you're okay. Yeah, like, you, yeah, you yeah, know what's yeah. funny and too. I'm like, and I'm like, yeah. you're you're trying to like, or yeah, anyone trying to, who's trying to come up with this whole monologue mm-hmm. and this whole solving thing when really all I need like is that one sentence. That's the What About This podcast, available now on Humanica Media on YouTube, Podbean, and Facebook. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. I'm here along with my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend behind Humanican Media. It's Josh Peterson. And just want to make sure everybody knows out there that on Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network, it is the PCC Multiverse here on the, the Podcast Radio Network, but it is also available on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podcast.com, Mixcloud, the ESO Network, the Tangent Bound Network, and the Gun and Geek Networks as well. And if you really, really want to go ahead and download those shows, you'll get an extra bonus episode from Humanica Media, the Pop Culture Cosmos, 
or the Game Source library as far as thrown in there, or Rob McCallum Films library as well. In fact, we threw one in on last week's podcast from from one of his shows. So uh, we truly appreciate all these cooperating uh, uh, factors as well. And the Wine, Women, and Words, the ladies have uh, contributed some episodes there as well. So we truly thank all of them for, for participating and allowing us to to add one of their shows each and every week on the Pop Culture Cosmos Network as well. So as we talked about earlier in our episode, Mr. Josh Peterson, I gave you uh, 10 bands that you want to listen to because that's all the rage here in social media world is name 10 bands that you've seen live and one of them is a fake. One of them you've not seen and it's just a lie. So everybody tries to guess, ha ha ha, great, 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 LOL. So that being the case, Mr. Josh Peterson, let's play that game. Ten bands that you've seen with one being a lie. Go ahead and let me know your choices, and I will try to guess. Okay, ready? Yes. I have will ever be. Deftones, Thrice, Dredge, Sick Puppies, Flyleaf, Chevelle, The Used, 30 Seconds to Mars, Rise Against Stone Sour. Boom. What do you got? I'm contemplating. I'm thinking. I'm feeling a word coming through. I see it. It's right there. Clear as day. I'm going to say the Chevelles. No, no, it was actually Rise Against. Never seen Rise Against. Ah, I know. I, that I was my a, second choice. I threw a few different genres in there, so I understand the confusion. Well, talk about uh, differentiating genres. Uh, are you ready for my choices? Yep, I'm. I'm totally expecting Jaw Rule at the top of this list. No, no, he is not on this list at this point in time. But you know, who knows? You know, we found out he was alive. So uh, exactly, we'll get a chance to see him. Maybe. Hey, I'm. I'm just saying, Pop Culture Cosmos booth next year's. Fire Festival. Yes. <laughs> Let's try Coachella first. Anyways, uh, here are 10 bands with one of which being a lie for me. Now, this is going to be some real differentiation. Ella Cool J. U2. En Vogue. The Monkees. NWA. The Wiggles. Coldplay. Stone Temple Pilots, Yo Gabba Gabba, and Bruno Mars. Do, 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 do. So I, I believe you about the kid bands because you have two childrens that I feel would drag you to something like that. So uh, at first I wanted to say LL Cool J. But I feel like that's something that you would also go to see. Um, okay, Bruno Mars. That would be a wrong answer because ah. my wife is a huge fan. In fact, she was dancing to him earlier this evening on the radio. Okay, who was it? The answer is a band that I would like to see, but I have not, unfortunately. 
Coldplay. Oh my gosh, I was gonna say them. Like that was my next that was my next choice. <laughs> I have seen L O Cool J, I have seen NWA, I have seen U two, which is my all time favorite band, and I've seen them on several occasions and they are an incredible live experience. Stone Temple Pilots I did see here in Las Vegas at at the joint. I also did see uh, Bruno Mars, like I said, the MGM. And yes, I have seen Yo Gabba Gabba, the Monkees. Uh, I did see a long time ago back in their, when they were in their first go-round as far as a revival is concerned. And then also, uh, yes, I have seen the Wiggles as well. Uh, I remember actually, you know, with my girls being up front in the front row for them one time. So that was a great performance indeed. But yes, L O Cool J and the NWA and in Vogue, I have seen them as well. They've uh, uh, actually that was almost lost my hearing when I saw those groups uh, all at one time at in one night at the LA Sports Arena. So, going way back on the way back machine, if you out there have got ten bands with one being a lie that you'd like to go ahead and share with us, and I will spring it on Josh to see if he can guess which one is right. Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, Humanity Media, GameSource, and PopCultureCosmos on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, it's been another great week here on the Pop Culture Cosmos show. We truly appreciate everyone being out there and, and checking us out each and every Monday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network and all of our great downloading options. Josh, before we head on out, one more time, what's going on with Humanity Media? Ghost Toasters, Super BS Gamescast, What About This, all stuff you can watch and listen to in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the, the the latter two tomorrow you'll be able to hear, uh, even some on this show. Absolutely. You've got a little bit taste of it today of the, both those episodes from Super BS Gamescast and also the What About This podcast. So definitely check them out in full on the Humanity Media Facebook or YouTube channels. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek classic current and beyond be part of the crew at esonetwork.com tangent bound network let your voice be heard tangentboundnetwork.com thanks so much for downloading the pop culture cosmos as a special treat we're adding a bonus episode which starts right now So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome back to Super... Oh, wait. Ring, ring, ring. Sorry. Uh, oh, uh, Mr. Miyamoto-san? Oh, yeah, definitely. I will uh, direct uh, all of the Mario Brothers from this point on. Sorry about that, guys. I just had a uh, really cool 
conversation with somebody, some big news rolling around. I don't want to tell the viewers yet at home. At what point, <laughs> at what point did you decide to do that? Because yeah. obviously, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't know about that yeah. beforehand. Yeah, of course, who now would you know? I just bathroom, got... Like, right in a script I've got, got this idea. I'm not going to tell them. I just got this cool phone call. Sorry that you guys didn't hear my phone ring and the me talking. It was a really short conversation. Um, anyways, we are back. We are a video game news about podcasts, and we talk about podcasts all day, every day. And this is your video games. Your, no, we're a video game news about podcasts, and we're video on a video game console near podcasts. you. So uh, I'm Brank, uh, professor, and uh, I'm only interested in pod news, actually. POD news. POD. We are a youth of a nation. Our fan site. And what is your? Call it POD cast. What's your gamer cast? My gamer cast. Your name. My name. Your gamer tag. Jank. Jank? Okay, so Brank <laughs> Jank. I'm Brian. You should have been Stank, also, you dumbass. Also, uh, <laughs> also Donna. Donna? Okay. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, my when I was a kid, my dad, um, he, he introduced me to Legend of Zelda and he used to love to make three files and name them Link, Wink, and Stink. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how you should make all three files. And I think of it every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make all these three files. Um, anyways, so we've been gone for a little bit. Have we been playing games? Uh, you been playing anything, old Donna? Um, yeah. Um, I'm almost done with Dragon Age Inquisition. Never going to finish this! I haven't really played a lot of games <laughs> the last couple of weeks, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, that's um, why I don't going to cut that out. Um, um, yeah, I've been playing mostly that when I have a minute. I played... Where did I play? Um, I, I turned on my Vita, which is, again... How does it exist? <laughs> such, a, nothing... such a fantastic device. That never gets games. It would be amazing <laughs> if there was no PlayStation 4 and just a Vita, and that was where they focused for a few years, because... Mm. It would be still cool. have zero interest in a PlayStation Four, but I just uh, want to play everything on Vita. I to wait real quick to edit on that. I would agree with you, but I think that PlayStation Four should also just be the Nintendo Switch, and every console should just be the Nintendo Switch, and then they're all, hey, I want to take this on the go, and then we're good. If, well, Nintendo, make Sony, very if Nintendo owned every console, we would never be able to buy them. Sony, uh, <laughs> Sony would only make a like a console and like. Portable com- combination. If Microsoft had the idea and then everyone hated it, <laughs> yeah, because then Sony could do it and get worshipped for it. Yeah. So well, I mean, they're for the gamer by the gamer. Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so we've been playing on Vita, but uh, I haven't actually played anything except for Adventure Time. I forget which Adventure Time game it is. It's newer, probably Cursed Ice King Castle or whatever they're called. I know they got. I forget. No, I'm a huge fan of the show Adventure Time. Uh, and this game plays like a Zelda, so top I think they down. Have a couple, right? There, yeah, it's not the explore the dungeon because I don't no, know why. I've heard that one's not very good. Yeah, um, I feel I wish they were all amazing because it's such a fun universe. Like it's the coolest and it's hilarious. This game so far is pretty fully voice acted, so that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but it was 99 cents on the PlayStation Store. Adult Swim. Uh, yeah, and it's, uh, or Cartoon Network. Um, oh, okay. We'll see. But uh, I bought it while I was waiting for Salt and Sanctuary to download. Yeah, Salt and Sanctuary looked good. But cool. I haven't started that yet. Um, I, I don't know that. if I've played anything else recently besides a little Did bit of Did you beat Mario 3D World? 
So I got to bring up the hot games that are recent. Yeah, recent hot <laughs> games. Mario 3D World, Dragon Age Inquisition, Salt and Sanctuary. I was no, I haven't played it in a few weeks. Um, I've been wanting to play like Mario Galaxies recently, but I since I I am one of those people now who sell my old consoles to get new ones. I now have no way to play it, and I've just been thinking, man, I want to release these. That's why I didn't do that. Well, you need to. Well, what are you going to do though? Like, I don't want to keep plugging them up with the TV to play them. Like, wait, wait, as, as somebody who does not play Nintendo products at all, at all, you haven't owned a Wii or a Wii U. Or... I owned a Wii for like two months, and then you sold it? I got to the point where I was like, you know, this whole having to move around while playing video games is not working. For Most me. of the games, though, you don't even do that. Like, even Mario Galaxy, you just use like the little controller. Oh, see, I didn't keep it long enough to play those. Wow, games. man, that but Wii was actually kind okay. Of so tell games. me this though, like. Is anything on Nintendo backwards compatible? Mm-hmm. Wii and Wii U games are backwards compatible. Okay. Yeah, and they all of their uh, portables used to be backwards compatible with the previous generation. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, and I think, wasn't it the first 3DS was also portable with Advance, or was that just DS? I think just DS. Oh, uh, okay, because that would have been cool. Um, yeah, there's usually backwards compatibility for Nintendo systems, at least of some kind. Um, they need to get better. About Switch, it. <laughs> not for Switch actually. Yeah. Switch is like the first time that there's zero, right? Yeah. Oh, GameCube. Because GameCube was disc based. So like, oh yeah. yeah, GameCube was disc based. Uh, Nintendo 64, Super but, Nintendo. But yeah, the GameCube, but the game, uh, the Wii was backwards compatible with GameCube. You could throw yeah. GameCube games. Well, that's where they started backwards compatibility. Before yeah. that, but wasn't it was the GameCube disc? Well, no, because with Game Boy, like with all the Game Boy. No, but I mean uh, the yeah. consoles, like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, N64. You know, every time you just yeah. buy the system. Weren't the GameCube discs like this big? They were. Yeah, awesome. They were. They weren't square like that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and so uh, these square discs that you got, <laughs> like this with the little um, point down at the bottom. Did you get a chance to play Numenera at all? Since I mean, we haven't done this for a couple weeks. No, I. I've been thinking uh, about that. Or, no, no, I think I have actually. I, I downloaded an update for it, um, and I continued on my my merry way, questing through Sage's Cliffs. I'm almost done with the first main area. I think there's three areas. Oh, so. And like total in the game? Yeah. I want to get back into that. I actually want to get on console. I know that's probably not the preferred way to play it, but I want to get on console because I know they patched it. But I want to get it like when it's way lower price, like probably yeah. twenty bucks. My, so. my, yeah, it'll be. I I understand PC is the way to play it. I just have a hard time sitting at my computer. I have to buy a new chair for that, but uh, yeah. it's like just really like not a comfortable way. You just to find a chair on the street, like I did. Yeah, that's how you. That's how you know you're getting a good chair. If hey. you find, it's a chair on the street. I'll I, take that it. chair that I found on the street is a really nice chair for finding it on the street. On the curb yeah. ones, curbside. Yeah, it was like a free. It had it had free tape to it, <laughs> but it, like it was probably like I mean I always forget like desk chairs are like really expensive. They are. It's yeah, probably like a thousand dollar chair easily. It's like it's not maybe not thousand dollars. Dude, when I looked at desk chairs, like ones that looked like that were like fifteen hundred bucks. Desk chairs are stupidly expensive. Yes, like I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know why Why is that. I don't know. I went to mine's broken. I looked up for a new one. It's like probably because they don't. They're not made like they're made probably less with the individual consumer in mind and more for like corporate budgets. Like oh, they're replacing like chairs for the office or something. These people have exposable income. Let's charge them a million dollars. Did I mean, you say exposable income? Yeah, exposable. exposable. People can see them we know. and grab it. They, we know your they've seen their income. My uh, income is fully exposed. <laughs> so, Jank, what you been playing? I have been playing Uncharted, the collection. Oh, God. 
don't know. I just got bored and I went back and played it because that I, sounds boring. It's it sounds got like bored and you want to get more bored. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I'd rather play some really old games that don't like stand up on their own anymore. Like they they did not you know I, age I, well. I own it, so I figured why not play it. I own it too because it came free with the PS4. Like it's not like a, something I'm gonna like. Oh, let me spend some time. Yeah. What well, else have you been playing? And I I played Arrow. It's as uh, it's like a rhythm based. Uh, Flight game. Arrow pays for us, by the way. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, Arrow, rhythm based. It was actually a lot of fun. I'm not into like it. it you had this this uh, line that your your ship flies around, okay. and then you had to match it with the beats of like the dubstep music. Oh, well, I mean, that's our favorite style of music is dubstep. So I, to. I wish you were a DJ on this Arrow as well. <laughs> And I use the DJ Hero control. Um. And I have, I, I dabbled a little bit in Final Fantasy Dimensions, which is something I wanted to talk to Eric about. Donna. At about. Donna. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, you're just going to bleep that first yeah. one out. I want to talk to, about. <laughs> what, what is your opinion on that? Um, Dimensions is the only Final Fantasy mobile game worth playing, I think. Wait, what about the 3D one? That one looked really cool. 3D one. Yeah, they released a Mobius, I think it's called. Dude, that one's supposed to be terrible. That's like it card, looked cool, that's like the though. Card like, game one, yeah, right? it's the card one. No, 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 no. Exodius? What is it called? Like, Exvius. So, there's... Is that it? Exvius? Yeah. I have. Exvius is not 3D. Exvius is the one where you do, like, a side scroll. It's like the free-to-play, where there's side-scroll battles... And, oh no, not that one. Um, and you can like summon characters like with orbs. It's like an orb summoning. Mobius is the same. It's a free to play. Yeah, it actually kind of looks cool though. I've played it. It's a little bit. It looks. It looks pretty, but it's definitely clunky, and it is card based with your classes. Like the. And it's orb based. If it was on console, I probably would try it at least. If but not, it's a it's a free to play. So that yeah. means that you're like so you can't try it. like you're drawing. I'm never gonna try it. You're like drawing for job classes. You need to like uh, get better, like of the same class. Like, it's, why do they have to make it card based? There well, are very few card it, based things. I've but it, it doesn't matter because it's orb based. It's like you have to like you have like a stamina or whatever, and you like it's that. Yeah. Dimensions is a throwback Final Fantasy title. It's just like a. Do you ever get to walk around the map? Yeah. I, okay, is that the one that you walk around the map? Yeah. Because there was one that I tried where you don't, and you just constantly go from battle to battle. I'm like, when do yeah, I get to walk around the map? Yeah, that's the same as the, the same as Mobius. Um, nice. Yeah, Dimensions is and Dimensions is not a remake of anything because the remakes on on iOS are pretty terrible just because they make the graphics all gross looking. I mean, besides that though, they're fine. They're just the graphics just look stupid. Yeah. Um, Dimensions it has like a job class system. Um, the only thing, the catch, is that it's not free to play. It's twenty bucks, or it used to be twenty bucks. Oh, really? You you can play the first chapter for free. The graphics then... are bad, though. Yeah, they're I mean, really bad. Yeah, but oh, see, yeah. they're they are bad, but they're not based on anything else. So yeah. it's not like you're playing Final Fantasy VI that's been taken from its original graphics yeah. to worse. I, this is just how it is. Who would, who would screams? You think decide? Hey, let's. We have some great old sprites. Instead of doing that, let's just come up with this weird, ugly-looking, I guess, up sprites. They just look bad, though. You see them, and you're like, yeah, this looked like it was made by somebody in Unity in, like, an afternoon. Right. Like, no, it looks terrible. It's, um, it's the novelty of having a mobile game. I think. So, oh, I hate mobile games. So, Dimensions is pretty good, though. It's pretty entertaining. You obviously you unlock job classes. There's a whole thing to it. You unlock them like as you go. There's secret classes. It's the whole like it's like a whole Final Fantasy like retro experience. The only annoying thing is that there's no cloud saves. So when you change your device, 
Oh, so if you're playing on like iPad or uh, so, because like, I used to play it on my iPod before I ever oh. had an iPhone. Yeah, and then I got an iPad, and I was like, oh, I want to transfer my save, and you can't. You can't. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's weird. Apple's normally really good about kind of enforcing. People. I think it, yeah. Well, Square does it with every other. Like I transferred my iOS Final Fantasy V, all that kind of stuff. But uh, anyway, Dimensions is pretty good. That is that is the one, real quick side note, that's the one thing I don't like about the cross-buy games on PS4 or PS Vita is like you buy the game and say you want to play at home and then you want to play on the Vita, you have to first upload the games to a cloud, which I think you can only get access to if you pay for PSN Plus, and then you have to download the saves to the device. It's like, why? Just up, Just do the Xbox thing where every single save file you have is uploaded to the cloud. So... If your Xbox gets broken or stolen or whatever and you download the games, like, all of your save files come with it now. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't have to worry about, like, like oh, man, I'm going to lose this save file. But anyways, anything else you want to talk about? Um, that's it. Okay. I mean, I know we already talked about I finished Mass Effect. Yeah. Oh, you finished it? I finished it. Oh, me? Did, did we talk about that? I don't remember. No. I don't know. I think you told me on the phone, but I don't think we okay. talked about it here. So I finished Mass Effect. I, I reached the point where I was... Game of the um, year. Yeah, because there's there's so much to do, and I I reached the point where I'm like, dude, I just I, I'm gonna be stuck on this game forever if I don't just play through the rest of it. So I played through the rest of it, and I it ended, and I did not feel an attachment to any of the characters. I was like, there's all this stuff happening. The dialogue, the villain was very bland, and the dialogue going on during that last fight was just not well thought out, and I just I did not feel anything. Like I it, I could have. Like, the, the main characters could have all died, and I would have been, oh, that's fine, whatever. Well, it's a Mass Effect. You don't play it for the story. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's really dumb. That reminds me of, like, how cool the first Mass Effect was when you fight Saren at the end of it. Mm. Like, oh, man. Do you guys remember that? Like, oh, yeah. it, it's just, like, such a cool moment. And you're like, yeah, I've been chasing this guy across the galaxies, you know. We're lost with Rex in the first Mass Effect. Oh, man. Yeah, they have this whole story, too, with the Krogan. And it's Rex. It's not. It's not Rex, but it's just all these Krogans, and they just made the Krogans out to be just total, you know, like whiny bitches about everything. Like it's. I, I'm still excited to play it at some point when it drops slow enough because I've I've heard they're patching the game to you know completion. Yeah. And they're gonna finish it at some point. So, I think by the end of this year, Wait, the game's not d- finished. Uh, I've just heard they're adding, like, not just animations, they're adding story stuff and changing dialogue and doing, like, I, I'm curious like what Mass Effect Andromeda will look like, yeah, like, they're changing, like, PC stuff, but they're also doing, like, story stuff, which I'm like, I don't know if Mass Effect Andromeda, just even story-wise, is gonna be the same at the end of this year as it is right now. I mean, that's... So it's basically just a focus-tested game, a focus-group-tested game. Yeah, they had – EA was probably saying, hey, you cannot make this into next fiscal year because we are not going to give you a budget for it. So your choice is to put it out now or everybody gets – my guess is – Yeah, but I'm sure EA long. also said like made them make it anyway where it's like – Well, yeah. My guess is though like you imagine if you were working on a project and you want to make this project as cool as you can because I'm sure those people on it wanted to make it cool. You know like yeah. games while people do make some money making them it's not like the highest paid thing you could do with that when you're that smart you know. Right. Um, my guess is they wanted to make it cool but the truth is if you have somebody saying like it's due by this day and you can't get it ready that time. And like, it has to include this, 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 and this. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah sure, like, I'm sure EA had like a giant list of like if they could have assassins criticism that needed to have. It's one of those things like you have people who are like, hey, hurry up and put this game out, 
And then you have the developers who are like, it's not ready to go out, but they have, they have to meet the deadline. But yeah. they, the, the developers, not developers, but the people, the publishers are still expecting it to have the quality that people are expecting. It's almost yeah. impossible. But then it also comes down to people. Yeah. Kind of I mean, bleed pe- into games as art yeah. discussion that we'll have with the Call of Duty stuff in a sec. But yes. Yeah, but it's... Uh, one last thing about that, and then I want to talk about the, the games I've been playing real quick. Um, like, the, people have been whining a lot about Mass Effect. From what I understand, in any other year if it would have come out, a lot of people would have accepted it as a great game. But mm-hmm. it just came out after Zelda, and after Horizon, and after Neo, and after Witcher, and just after so many games that it feels like, well, if you would have released this at, like, Dragon Age Inquisition time, maybe people would have been more forgiving. Because yeah. there was just less. The thing is, games. a lot of people who are whining about it have also gone out and picked it up and are. Yeah, I mean, those are the people that are going to whine about it. The people who aren't are going to buy anything regardless. That's that's always how it is, and they're going to be the ones who get the game changed, even though the people will like some things about it. They'll be like, "Well, we hate this," and it's going to be like ten people, you yeah. know, and it's like nobody else cares, just these ten people. Anyways, I've uh, I've been playing a couple games, so I just want to discuss them real quick. Hey, I, hey, wait, what games have you been playing? Bam. <laughs> uh, I've been playing. Uh, do you guys know what Wonder Boy is? Dragon Strap for Switch. Did you guys mm-hmm. get to see pictures for that? So I got. I picked that up last week because I just want to play something on Switch. Um, really cool old uh, Master System game. I never had a Master System. I played. I I remember buying Wonder Boy on the Virtual Console for Wii. Oh uh, really? What I I've never played it before. But I think um, the one is remake of Wonder Boy like three. Three. Right? Yeah. yeah. Wonder I Boy I, three. I think they had Wonder Boy and Monster World on the Wii Virtual Console. Yeah, it's. It, but I remember get. I remember hearing about that because that band Dragon Force was really influenced uh, by it. I, I actually thought Dragon Tenacious Force. D might have written their song Wonder Boy about it, but I looked up and it's not. It just happens to share the same. Like idea and lyrics too, but yeah, it's it's a cool game. Um, it's definitely an old game, but it's like kind of cool to see they redid the art and it looks like amazing. It looks like one of the coolest games I've I've seen recently because it looks like hand drawn and all the all the images are great. It's not sprites. Um, and uh, it's fun. It's like the first I guess first ever Metroidvania type game. You go through okay. and you keep unlocking rooms by you know upgrading your characters and doing all this other stuff. It's uh, it's yeah. cool, but it. It has, uh, has like, it's an old game. Easy, super easy to die, like a little bit janky in spots where you'll fall and then you'll lose health. I don't even know how. It's not like Zelda where it's like, oh, a guy takes one health off or two health. It's like your heart system's weird. Like you can take quarters off your heart or a whole heart and doesn't nothing's explained. Um, and then, wait, 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 wait. Quarter hearts, nothing's explained. Yeah, so Kingdom Hearts? This is Kingdom Hearts. hearts. No, no, no. Um, The heart system is very weird. It's unexplained. (laughs) This is a Kingdom Hearts offshoot. No, it's like Zelda. You have a certain amount of hearts that you can keep upgrading, but when an enemy attacks you, you will lose sometimes a quarter heart, sometimes a whole heart, sometimes two hearts. And I don't... You get armor, which I assume affects that, but I, I don't know how it works. Is like there, my characters will just sometimes die really quickly and sometimes they won't. And is, there's, is it just based on enemy types or? I assume. I it, there's there's not like a lot explained. It's a very old game, so you can use a passwords too if you know if you want to Google wait, like wait, passwords. Wait, wait, wait. You say it's a very old game and it's out on the. When is the Nintendo Switch going to come out with something that's not old or <laughs> old looking? Damn you guys! <laughs> it's a remaster, so it is. Know, it's like a brand all, new game. That's all. Yeah, I know. Is it is, no, no, no. It's also on PS4, and I think soon on Xbox One. I think right now they just I'm released on those two. Um, but anyway, so I played that. It's cool. It's worth at least watching a video, checking it out. Um, I've also like dabbled in a couple other things. I tried the Prey demo. Got really, really early on. It's 
really cool right now, but... What's the scare factor? Is it... I mean, I'm, like, in the apartment. Like, okay. there's, uh... You, it's only an hour long. I, I don't think it's supposed to be... I think it's supposed to be, like, Bioshock. Like, haunting, but not scary. I'm so oh, sad about God. that game still. What game? Prey. Oh, because you like the original... Yeah, the original's <laughs> great, man, but you should try the demo for this one. Hey, it looks... I think, I, I think I'm not going to. I really? I'm skip it's out on it. I'm not, not, I'm not gonna knock it as a bad game. Yeah. It shouldn't be called Prey. It does, has nothing does to it do... Have, it doesn't have any they ties just, to the original. But yeah. they... No. But they own the license for the name, and, like, coming they, up with new names is, like... Kind of a pain. So my assumption is, like, I like Prey. the first Prey game. I loved it. And yeah, I know. We've all played it here. Yeah, I saw the video, the E3 video. Like, I was like, oh, that's... Oh, you're talking about the bounty hunting No, no, no. I mean, I like the first one, but when oh. I saw the the trailer for the second one, I'm like, okay, I might be able Dude, to Dude, the end of the that. first game sets you up for such a weird sequel. Because it's yeah. like, yeah. one, like, how often do you play, like, legitimately consulted Native American, like, base games? Yeah. yeah. Never. Yeah. And so that was awesome. Uh, and then also like the whole like the weird like it had portals before portal yeah and all that kind of stuff and then it's like pretty pretty intense but then also like the spirit bow thing and then all the like blue oyster cult music it's like <laughs> I mean that was like a unique experience and they I'm not saying that this new prey won't be a good game but it's not going to be like it's just going to be like. It's going to be like Bioshock. Yeah. I love Bioshock. I I'm not really, saying that I don't yeah, love Bioshock. Yeah. I really love Bioshock. No, no, I'm just saying I love it, so I'm going to play the demo and see the reviews. The only thing but I'm Aesthetically about, speaking, it's going to be plain, in my opinion. It just okay. looks plain. It just I, looks like yeah, space, I, aliens, like... It's not. It's not like retro future like Bioshock. It no, reminds it's, me of a it's, mix of Bioshock and like what is space. what is what is unique about it? Aesthetically well, I mean, speaking, there's not a whole lot unique outside of like the it's got by the guys who did Dishonored, and they yeah. have a really cool way of like creating character designs and like all their stuff is like kind of almost Pixar esque, but more human like looking. It's not like ultra realistic, but it's not like cell shaded or anything. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's it's got its own very unique style. And in Dishonored, they went for steampunk. And in this world, it's like futuristic setting. I, I don't know a whole lot. But I know that like the abilities that you get are really interesting. And the, and the tie it has to the original Prey is solely aliens. Like when you're playing the game, from what I understand, is you have two paths you can choose, essentially. You can put points into. You put points into the alien skill tree or the human skill tree. And if the more and more alien you become the more likely it is for, like, turrets that are going to kill aliens to start attacking you. Do you know what this so, sounds like to me? What? Resistance. Oh, God. Resistance terrible. Please don't. Wait, 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 wait. Resistance 1 was good. I did not like Resistance. The sequels were all downhill. Yeah. But... Sony's never, to me, just they've never had a good first-person shooter. I Their controller was never made for first-person shooting. I've never, like, enjoyed playing a first-person shooter on it. Um, Resistance 2, I think that was the one that took place in the forest, looked cool. But I never really got into it. Um, I played the beta, which had like 50-player multiplayer. Mm. Anyways, so I played Prey. That was, I, I mean, I played some of it. It's a demo. So um, was it enough to make you go back to it? I mean, yeah, because I got to play about 10 minutes. I had to leave to come here. <laughs> so so I'm, not, I'm not doubting that it's not going to be a well-designed, mechanical, fun game. I'm talking about like the uniqueness of the setting. Like Dishonored is a really unique setting. Bioshock is a very unique setting. Prey 1 was a very unique setting. This does not look like a unique setting. I don't mm. know. Like I can't speak to that yet because I'm like just at the very, very beginning. From, from the beginning, it reminds me of Deus Ex 2, which is one of my favorite games. Um, I can't remember the Deus Ex. It was on the original Xbox. Um, 
But anyways, so I played that. You guys should try the demo. I know you don't want to, but I think it could potentially be a great game. I want to wait to see reviews come out next week. Um, I've also been still playing Persona 5, which if I keep playing it, I'll probably never be done with because it's 100 hours and they said, like 10 hours in. I was listening to someone talk about it on a podcast, and I said it took them 120 hours to play from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, you can finish it, I think, in 80 hours if you skip some stuff. Uh, for me, I don't even know how that's possible because I'm 14 hours in, and the game is still pretty much like setting me on a rail. Like, hey, you do this thing. Guess what? You finished playing the dungeon today. Well, you go to bed right now. And then the next day, you get maybe get like one yeah, choice, like that's... in the library. And then like, oh, well, now you got to go to bed. I hear so that's like... <laughs> a really aggravating part of the game is that they always make you go to bed. So yeah, I, I like love the game. I'm even cool with it because they got rid of a lot of like the vocal tracks from Persona Four, which bugged me to death. Like J-pop with vocals and games oh. like. While there's cutscenes with people talking, yeah, <laughs> like Chronicles X. Um, but one thing I can't stand actually about the gameplay, I was like loving it, but the way it make, the mechanics work, like you're hiding in the dungeons and then you can ambush people. Really simple hiding mechanics. Um, when you press X, you ambush somebody. However, if there's two enemies next to each other, after you kill the first set of enemies, another enemy will spawn in, okay. and that enemy will get to go first. Now, the game is really easy if you uh, get attacked first because you find a weakness, knocks them down, and then you can do this big move that kills everyone. But if the enemy attacks first, a lot of them have instant kill moves. And if your main character dies, the whole game ends. And you're set back to whatever, like, safe room you were in before. Oh. The safe rooms are about 15 to 20 minutes apart. So I, I had two experiences where I lost about 40 minutes total of progress because I kill the guy. And the next guy comes in, he gets two attacks, kills my main character, game over. And, and stuff like that, I... If you're going to let somebody insta-kill, let the other players be playable. And when your main character dies, let them res them. Because all the rest of them get to come back after they die. So I don't... I, I, I don't know. It's an old JRPG trope that I I don't like. I don't like the idea of, like, we're going to kill you, we're going to send you back to the main save, but it's going to be total, like, well, you got the guy who insta-kills. I don't know what you guys think about that. I don't know if you guys play any games. I don't know. I mean, do you guys even play video games? Well, if you guys have ever played a it game, it seems strange. I mean, it, it does seem like whatever. I get the like, like oh, it's so hard, and like you could die and get sent back. But it's I not don't know. Hard. It's not. That's exactly. the thing. It's, it's the thing. It's just cheap like deaths. it's just like random cheap deaths. Yeah. I don't know. I'm that, sure that I'm sure that Persona like purists would be like, oh, that's like that's just that, Persona, man. <laughs> I went on. I went on a lot of forums searching that. I'm like, is anybody else upset about this besides me? It's like. No, that's just how Persona is. You're the main character. If the main character dies and you have to restart, and people are like, well, why couldn't they restart you before the battle or something so you didn't have to redo all the stuff? No, then there wouldn't be any challenge. I'm like, well, then just make the enemies more challenging or something. See, it's like, the thing. It's like challenge, challenge isn't challenge when it's based on randomness. Like, oh, you might get... Yeah. Like, it's not even like Dark Souls where you get at least go recover stuff. It's like, nope, you lose that progress. You restart at the same. Do you know what that It's not challenging. It's tedious. It reminds me of back in the old Final Fantasy games. You used to not be able to skip the cinematic. So if you were to die, you'd have to watch like 15 minutes of cinematic. That's in Persona as well. There's not any Final Fantasy game with 15 minutes of cinematic. No, but I mean, you know what I mean. like, say you die before the, or right after, I think there's a battle in the opera scene. Say you were to die at that battle, you would have to, I mean, even though it's the coolest thing in the game, you would have to redo the opera scene. So, like, it's just, it's an old thing that we put up with when we were kids because there were less games and it was really cool that now as we're adults, I want games to allow me to skip stuff or to, 
You know, like if, if I've seen something once, let me skip it. Yeah. Just let me press a button and skip it. It's not. Yeah. It's. I get back in that day, they probably just didn't have the you know the resources. But anyways, there's some stuff we want to talk about soon. We're gonna take a real quick break, and we'll get back right at you. Right back at you. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. Bring, bring, bring. Oh, uh, Gabe uh, Newelson, um, a Valve. Uh, thank you. Yes, I would love to uh, take control of Valve. I really appreciate that. And uh, now I'll be the next billionaire right next to uh, Minecraft guy. Oh, sorry, guys. Just got back. I was on the phone with yeah, uh, no. some important people. Investments Don't are important. Tell you who it was yeah. with. So we got those. They <laughs> noticed that. We got all those views on iTunes and, uh, or I mean, on YouTube and all the listens on iTunes. So, I guess Marvel yeah. vs. Capcom Infinite is a thing. You didn't know about that? No, they, I mean, that, that's this week, right? No, that doesn't come out anytime soon. No, I mean, the announcement, right? No, the announcement was um, PlayStation Experience. Oh. But yeah, yeah. it's on Xbox. Yeah. What was the PlayStation Experience? December. Every year they do this. It's like, I, I really wish Microsoft would do something like this because it does make it. That two seasons Sony has almost like full control of. Like their E3 tends to go over really well because everybody mm. loves them to death. But actually, my favorite thing is their PlayStation experience in December where they announce all of the cool like indie games and all the stuff. Not the big titles, but all the games are coming and they'll announce them like Rapid versus Fire. versus Capcom, the indie game. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. It's normally like they'll get like – that's where they announce Street Fighter they, 5. I, I just saw videos for it like this oh. week pop up, new Marvel versus Capcom. Infinite yeah, Force. I don't know why they put those videos up this week. I, I honestly don't know. I'm not a big fan. I heard it looks terrible from people that love fighting games. Really? I – I don't like fighting games. I don't know that I can't tell. Yeah. So I'm not, I, I'm not good at fighting games. I've never been good at fighting games. Like, I just I bought Mortal Kombat versus what was that? Love Mortal DC? Kombat. DC versus okay. Mortal Kombat? Was that a that, that was, was a long time ago, yeah. Yeah. Like, and I bought that thing and I'm like, yeah, this is it, man. I'm gonna break into this genre and I'm gonna own it. And then I see just... the problem is there's no fatalities in that game. The best part <laughs> Baybalities. <laughs> the best part of Mortal Kombat's not in the in that one game. Oh I'd love to see Batman get exploded, you know? I think they have something similar, though, in Injustice. In the Injustice series, which is also by the Mortal Kombat guys. Yeah, they have, no, like, like, superheroes kill each other. and It's not called Fatalities, but it's, like, some type of I don't think there's any kill. gore in that game. No, I don't know. But it's, like, a finisher move. Um, anyways, we're back. What did you... Uh, what did you hear from uh, Microsoft? What's the scuttlebutt? Yeah, so they're talking about the new uh, Halo game. And, uh, it's not called Halo 6. Don't tell me it's yeah. called Halo 6. Whoa, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> I know Halo, The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. The J.J. The Abrams is going The Last on. Master Chief. The Last <laughs> Master Chief. I know we have some division on Halo 5, whether or not it's a good game. Why, you liked it? <clears throat> I didn't like it. Oh, I do like it, yeah. Okay, see, that's where we're divided. Well, I mean, I thought it was fun. I played it with someone. Did you play it with someone? No. Okay, that's why you don't like it. 
I mean, you should have played with someone. All right. Well, I should play Halo Four. Hindsight, I will play that with you. I, <laughs> otherwise, I'll never. But you need to get the Master Chief Collection so I can finally play with someone. Anyways, um, <laughs> back on topic. They said uh, so. Microsoft said they've been paying attention to fan feedback on Halo Five and what they liked, what people didn't like. I guess a lot of people didn't like that. There, it was too focused on Spartan Locke and his crew. You had like a yeah. Buck, I think Nathan Fillion's character, and uh, all of our favorite characters. Buck. All of our favorite characters. Yeah, ODST. I liked ODST. Yeah. Oh, he was in ODST, he wasn't he? Was ODST. Yeah, I did like but ODST. They said That's that cool. they've been listening to fan feedback, and they were like, "Okay, we're gonna make Halo Six more about Master Chief because we didn't realize that he was that important to all you guys." And it's like, <laughs> nobody, why would you think we've that? We've been nobody playing that since Halo One. We what? This is like fifteen years yeah. now. We've been playing Halo games, and why would you not think that Master Chief? Why in your designs for Halo Five? Why would you not think that we wanted to be focused on Master Chief? Yeah. Did you hear that they're re-adding uh, split screen? Yes, I heard That's about cool. that too. Yeah, I'm happy that they're doing that. Like My, multiplayer? Yeah, so they took out split screen in Halo 5. Like couch um, co-op. Yeah, yeah, didn't they yeah. do that like eight years ago like everyone else in the world? No, they, they took it out on Halo 5. So, Halo 4 has couch co-op? Yeah, Halo yeah. 4 has couch co-op. Halo 5 does not. Because wow. Halo 5 is like a beautiful looking game, to be fair. And it is my guess looking. is they didn't want to make it look ugly, which is well, whatever. force people my, online like every company does. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah, my, my biggest complaint with Halo 5 was not the fact that they were introducing new characters. It was the fact that the story bothered me a lot. Oh yeah, it's whatever. I, that that was the gameplay was fun. Like I loved everything about it, except for the story, and that's really the main reason that I play Halo games is for the story. I'm one of those people. I think Halo's Halo's a cool universe. I think it's got yeah, yeah I like I, it. I it's cool. I would never play those games just for the story. I think the story is a cool side thing. The coolest thing is like the you know um, like the venues, the war places you're going. You know, yeah. like yeah, I mean, it's all part of the story beach, in some ways. You know? Like the the yeah. world, the look. Yeah. Like the feel, Cause the I, lore, like it's good. Halo yeah. is the only video game that I actually went out and I've read like six or seven of the books that go alongside of it. I read the Mass Effect books. How the ones, the, oh, yeah, they're great. Them. They're written by the guy that created Mass Effect. Okay, so they're so, great. Oh, those they're, doctors who are no longer there? No, no. Okay, the, the doctors are the guys that founded BioWare. But Mass Effect, I believe, was created by Drew Kapershin or something like that. I would okay. say his name. Okay. He's the guy that left... I think in the middle of Mass Effect 2, which is oh, why okay. everyone thinks Mass Effect story derails in 3. Not derails, because yeah, I think Mass Effect 3 is still a great game, but it changes from what it was supposed to be. Because there's like all this stuff, like all these like things they hint at and foreshadow in Mass Effect 1 and part of Mass Effect 2 about the Reapers and all that kind of stuff that eventually is dropped yeah. For the like child, oh. like the like you know, like the way that they handle it instead, supposedly is a lot different than it was supposed to be based on the, uh, the creator's intent. So, do the books offer you any like glimpse of what happened after the series? Actually, the books go before because that guy left Bioware. Oh, okay. Um, the books go, I believe. So, Callie, yeah. if you remember, is um, what's the general's name? I haven't played him in so long. Um, Oh, I know what you're talking about. Anders? Anders. 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 Anderson? No, Anders is Dragon Age. Yeah, I mean, it's Anderson. Uh, I know you're talking about Blue Suit. Black Dude. Dark Skin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of Dark Skin. (laughs) But, uh, uh, yeah, no, so it talks about Callie, who makes an appearance in Mass Effect. It's like her story and Anderson's story when he was young. Uh, Okay, Um, because Anderson was a Spectre, too, wasn't he? I believe so, yeah. 
He's the first. Wasn't he like the first human that's part of the council or something like that? Isn't that like a big deal too? Yeah. Because they originally know humans were allowed to be part of the council. Yeah. I think. Anyway, they're pretty damn good. Okay. Like they're that guy. That guy left Bioware to focus on novel writing. I think he also wrote. Um, He's written some Star Wars novels that are pretty popular as well. What I'd like to do is read a brand new novel by him. Because I, I have a hard time getting into game lore like outside of games. See, I actually so. don't because it, it, it adds to... Um, like It's the same thing with being really familiar with the, the tabletop setting of Numenera and then playing Torment. Oh, okay. It makes it that much better. I guess um, the, the only thing I find is some people, because I maybe not everyone and maybe some people handle it differently... If they read too much of the outside lore and then they get to the game and the game has not followed those books correctly, you know, like then they get really angry, you know. Well, when does when does that happen? I think Halo was an example. No, right? I mean Halo like, like the books for Halo were written the after the game came out, so you have okay. like all these prequel books that lead up to it and like the story of how. So Master does it became, align with Reach then? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Totally. Yeah. And the story of how. Yeah. It seems like that would be a really huge oversight to release for a company to like source novels and then have them not work with the lore. I've never heard of that. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I've I've read on forums somebody being like, well, in this thing, in this novel, Grant, they say granted, this, and in this thing, they, they did say take that. some royalties with liberties. Uh, liberties sorry. And royalties. royalties liberties. They got them. with um with Halo Reach when it came okay. that game came out. They did. Uh, change they did tweak it just a tiny bit, but it's not like super noticeable unless you're a super nerd like me. So okay, well, yeah, I I don't know anything about the lore besides the main Halo that I remember the story from is Halo One. Mm. Like that is the strongest story of my memory. I mean, I played through the game a dozen times, and to me, it's it's the best, the most concise. Yeah, just like I feel the same about Mass Effect One and Mass Effect Two. I didn't beat Mass Effect Three, so I can't speak to it. But I feel like the single stories, and that's why I always like Final Fantasy, where they just stay on one story, is the best way to go. Yeah, because it's the easiest way to just keep a narrow, yeah. focused. Like, hey, we're gonna end it. When you get in this trilogy nonsense, is when it starts to be like, well, you gotta make sure they all work, and you gotta. And the second one's always like a throwaway story. Um, but yeah, but it's different when it's um, it's different when it's when it's stories away, like it just fleshes out the universe types of stories. Yeah, like yeah. you're talking about the main narrative. Yeah, I'm talking the about lore, the main like the I'm not talking about lore. lore, like book lore. Yeah, so that's I'm like just... that's that's what I think um, can be pretty interesting if the world is compelling. Like, I was, yeah. wasn't The Witcher based off a series? Yeah, of it's books? based it is, off yeah. of The Witcher books. Yeah. Um, I, and you know what's funny? Uh, I don't think we ever talked about this, but the writer of that book. He sold the license to make the games instead of like they were offering him little money with like royalties from the game. He's like, no, I don't want that. So he uh, sold, and I guess he's like, if I would have taken that like uh, contract, I would have made so much money now. But he hated games, so he never wanted to make. Oh, he never geez. wanted to like. So funny. Yeah. Hindsight. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's just that happens to a lot of people. A lot of people look at games like this is stupid. Why would I ever do that? And they sell the license sort of thing Poor for like a quick people. cash in. So you should and, never underestimate what gamers like and don't like. Yeah, I would. I mean, I honestly think when you make a cool property, better than cashing out always is. Keep the licenses. That's why George Lucas makes so much money. You know, because he has all the licenses. Spielberg actually owns two percent of the Star Wars franchise, and it's made him like millions of dollars. Doesn't surprise me. Spielberg probably because he also owns probably. No, no. 
I wonder if uh, the Arthur Conan Doyle still owns Jurassic Park or whatever. Michael no. Crichton. Michael oh, Crichton. Michael Crichton. Sorry, Arthur, Arthur Conan Doyle Lost is, World. is Conan. Oh. Is he Light Lost World too? Wait, like, wait, no. Maybe you're right. I don't I know. Think, yeah, I think you're right about Conan, but I think he's also the Lost World, which is another series that they're trying to make. Anyways, I wonder if that guy, Michael Crichton, sold the book rights like out and out to the films or if he has royalties uh, I wonder because he he's, he's so dead like he's dead now but I would be his family that yeah. would be his state you know because I, I know that there's a company that in, in Sweden that I was reading about they, t- they take properties like old book properties and they buy them so that pe- they have to people have to pay for them if yeah. you want them like it's stupid how if you don't sign the right paperwork and you die your creative properties just go up to uh, public commons or whatever it is yeah isn't it 75 years after death though or yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Not Conan. You're right. The Lost World. Yeah. Sherlock is Arthur Sherlock. Conan. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I was like, as soon as I said Arthur Conan Doyle, like, no, he didn't name his own series after his Conan, middle name. Conan was Edgar Rice? No. Sir Robert something? Burroughs? No, Edgar Rice Burroughs. Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote... Uh, uh, Tarzan. Tarzan, John Carter of Mars, and then... Robert E. Howard wrote Conan. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, well, more you know. Anyways, about sales, because we were talking about numbers, uh... Some cool Nintendo Switch news. Uh oh. They sold a lot of them. They sold 2.4 million copies, or copies, I should say, 2.4 million hardware models out to the public. Um, funny news, they actually sold more copies of Zelda Breath of the Wild than they sold Nintendo Switches. How does that work? Well, and it's on the Wii U, isn't it? No. They sold, well, yeah, but no, they actually sold more Zelda Breath of the Wild for Nintendo Switch. Then they sold Nintendo Switch. You know why? Because people, there's probably people like me, and I didn't do this, but I thought about doing Amazon this. Amazon Prime. Buying either Amazon Prime or like the special editions, even though I had no intention of getting a Switch in the right, near right. future. Okay. You know, Nintendo's games also don't drop in value or price very often. Yeah. So like, if you get the Prime deal, you still get it for 12 bucks off, which is probably the best you're going to see for at least a so year or two, well you know? pick it up. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's that console's still hard to find. I guess it's in stock this week. Do you with think Mario that Kart? Nintendo is doing this on purpose? Yeah, everyone does. Probably. Yes, yeah, for sure. sure. I remember when I was years. I remember when I was thirteen and not knowing anything about the world or business, and PlayStation Two came out and it kept selling out. People oh, man, were waiting so online, dumb. and it, you you felt like they're going to sell out, and you're never going to be able to get one ever. Yeah. No, it is forced uh, scarcity. It, it's it's been out for a couple months now. Why not just let people buy it? Like, if you so, want to make money, who cares about building well, up a demand yeah. for it? Well, there's there's two things. One, I think forced scarcity makes people want it. Right? Yeah. If you can't have something like okay, I went to uh, they still were selling NES classics at Best Buy this week. Yeah, I went by that Best Buy. There were sixty people in line. I rolled down my window. I was like, hey, did you guys already get tickets? And like. No, but they only have 20 of these in stock. Oh, jeez. So 20, 20 NES Classics, 60 people in line. Why are why were the extra 40 people waiting in line? Just they couldn't get the Yeah. So, so for scarcity is good. But another thing is, too, I, uh, I think Nintendo always doesn't want to spend more money than they have to. So I think they didn't make that many. It takes a while to put them together. It doesn't take forever, but it still takes a little bit of time. you got to get all the stuff. Have to have See, somebody this test is it. the thing that bothers me, though. Like... When the Xbox One came out, it took a f- maybe three or four weeks, and you could, if you were lucky, like you can just walk into a store and pick one up. Like yeah, you could find the Xbox One day one, man. Yeah, and quickly. I would much rather like have an own. If I didn't own Xbox One, I would much rather own an Xbox One than a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it just the difference is like this is the first console that's also portable, so you're trying to you're getting essentially two markets because Nintendo's portables have always done really well. 
even though the Wii U two is... markets and no games. Two yeah, markets. Right? Yeah. We are okay, hoping. We're, we're gonna give you Legend see, of Zelda. But see, all of all of Nintendo's last three consoles have been the first time this, this, and this. Yeah, and no games. Like yeah, the I Wii, am... the first motion well, control, no, the we... Wii U, the first like game where you can like switch between the screen and the portable. You yeah. just can't take it on the go. It's the, like the thing is, this is the marriage between those two with the 3DS. But you are right; they didn't have lots of games. However. The Nintendo first-party stuff, like, I owned a Wii. I owned a Wii U, which I never got into, but, I mean, did have a great lineup of games. But the Nintendo Wii, man, like, I felt like I got my money's worth. Sure, didn't have a lot of great games, but I'm I had, not, like... Again, I'm not saying yeah. that I don't... Because I own I own all of those. I still yeah. own a Wii U. I will eventually get a Switch. I'm not yeah. saying that it's not an issue of money's worth for me. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm definitely... I'm saying the idea of, mar- of marrying a console and portable market... But not having a lot of games is... Well, it's just right now. We're hoping. We're hoping. But, you know, if it's going to be another, like, solely relying on Nintendo first party, like... Well, hopefully that and Indies. I mean, I'm okay if it's just the two of them. If it's that. But uh, uh, Stardock CEO, I can't remember what they make, but they're like... They said we're not going to... They make... uh, Payday? No, that's No, Stardock made that one... Keep going. Uh, But anyways, they talked about how the Nintendo Switch, they're not going to support it. But they said this, it's like, for 300 bucks, you're getting, like, a great amount of Nintendo product, which is always great. So it's definitely worth the thing. If it was $1,000, then it would be a way different thing. But in the end, he's, he's kind of right. This will hopefully, Nintendo is not doing a good job of it right now, but this will hopefully replace the 3DS, which had amazing games. Like, really, really amazing games. Like, probably the best Nintendo console or Nintendo, like, piece of hardware they've had for a while. And get the Nintendo console games. Yeah. So, I mean, if you get both of those, they, I think they're worth it. only PC games. Okay, but anyways, they... Because a lot of people have been talking about, hey, we want to support it. The, the, the hardest things for me to understand is, like, Nintendo Switch... Or Nintendo as a company is also, like... You guys know Axiom Verge? You guys know the indie game? It's, like, yeah. a Metroid-like yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, The creator of that said that they have a, a... They're ready to release it on Switch whenever. It's already done. They've already done the porting. Nintendo won't let them. Why? They said that Nintendo only wants games that have not been ported or have Switch specific stuff, which isn't true. Isn't most of so, them have ports? Yeah. It's so like I said, a lot of people think Nintendo's doing exactly what they've always done, which is like treat indie developers poorly. So I'm hoping that they start getting it together and start saying, Hey, release some, release some. Because I would rebuy tons of stuff. I'd rebuy Hyperlight Drifter. I'd re I'd buy Undertale. I'd buy like all these games. If they just let them go onto the console, okay, yeah, so. having having to have like Switch specific is the same problem with the Wii U, like having yeah. to. You had that stupid handheld screen, and they don't need it this time because they actually already. I mean, it's just a normal thing with a controller. Like yeah. they don't need it. It's not like oh, you need to make gamepad specific. It's like no, nobody wants to do that. That's so much extra work and so many extra resources. Just let people release their stuff so people can buy it. Anyways, uh, Donna, there was uh, some news from your favorite game. That came out this last week. Your favorite game, first-person shooter. Call of Duty. Yeah, your favorite thing. We want to talk. The thing I ever played. Yeah, it's, it's Don over here. It's is got everything good. that I want in games. It's got story. It's got characters. It's got and a great, great music. A great multiplayer community. You you pretty much just play Call of Duty till the next Call of Duty, right? Only yeah. game. I uh, yeah, pretty much. So yeah. walk walk us through what the new uh, announcement was this week. Um, I didn't bother to read it all the way because <laughs> I don't it. care. Uh, or I know, I sorry, I care so much that I already knew <laughs> it's World War II. Yeah. I'm sure that it's going to continue uh, the trend of trying to be as Hollywood as possible while yeah. also being really competitive. I'm sure there'll be 
uh, cheesy Hans Zimmer style music, which is already bad. And Josh Talamo. Yeah. yeah. Josh from Transformers. Uh, like, how do you pronounce his name? Josh, Josh Talamo. What? Who? The guy from Transformers. The white dude. I can't remember. Oh, Josh Dahalm? Jo- yeah. Is that how you say his name? I think so. I don't know what you're talking about. You're talking about the guy who's like the army sergeant? Yeah, he's yeah. Alive. Josh Talamo. Oh, that guy's terrible. Uh, anyways, continue. Yeah. It's going to... It's going to inspire me to create artistically and okay. to just... Okay, so this is something... I don't actually know any news about it. Okay, I'll... I know, I'll I know it exists. I know since it's I watched the video and I, you know, I'll, I'll give a quick rundown and then we were talking a little bit about some stuff off camera. Um, It's World War II, obviously. Uh, they've got a pretty, I think, a really great trailer, all in-game stuff. So, obviously, again, it's a huge franchise. They have some of the best graphics around. Um, looks really cool. Um... It is definitely the traditional World War II. They go to Normandy. They, you know, oh man, this guy's a private, and now he's changed by the war. Um, it's uh, it's got the zombie stuff from the more recent Call of Duties, and it's going to have like you know the popular multiplayer. I think it's a response to Battlefield One being successful because like everybody was not super excited about Infinite Warfare or. Infinite? Yeah, yeah Call of Duty Halo. Yeah, Call of Duty Halo. Okay. Um, but anyways, there's been like kind of two things we've been we were discussing them off camera, but I also want to bring up this. Some some a Polygon was actually responding to the fact that in the trailer there was an African American soldier and a child, and they were talking about how they were thrown in there for just kind of like to you know check box and put this. And do, do you know what Polygon reminds me of? They remind me of the school nurse, how she would take a comb and look through your hair for lice, like carefully pulling Oh, find anything like, wrong. Polygon does that same thing, but with racism. Well, they do the same thing with anything that they... Issues. Yeah, social issues. They do that. But the thing that it brought up was, I think that it's unfair to demand that, what I call art, because games, in my view, even if they're not like artistic, they are still made up of art assets, music... Um, you know, like programming, which is, you know, kind of an art in itself, like writing. They have stories. So all games to me are art in some way. They may not be like, they may be, this may be factory churned art, but it's still... Yeah, it's definitely levels of artistic. Yeah. But we can talk yeah. about that in a sec. But so, yeah, I, I just think Polygon was pressing on something that I think is unfair nowadays where if like you're an artist and you want to create a story and say you want it to be about four males who take a road trip to go find all their swords and then go, you know, take back their hometown, I think you should be allowed to do that without every single person on the internet coming down on you because it wasn't two yeah. guys and two girls yeah. or, you know, a was guy that, and a transgender was, and a girl. Was there a controversy? Yeah. It was pretty mild because I think since... Because I think, I think Western developers yeah. tend to get more flack on this yeah, kind of Japanese stuff. Because, stuff is... because at the end of the day, like, Japan is a, is a different culture. And yeah. they're not going like, to respond to, like, you know... Yeah, they saw, like, KKK the, in their game. Yeah, like, they're not going to... Well, but it, but yeah. apparently, I read that. Apparently, yeah. it didn't mean the same thing. No, it yeah. doesn't. But it's just funny, like, that it was a big deal for this guy. You wanted, yeah. He didn't want changed. And I'm like, well, that was hilarious. That's, that's, that's like, the dumbest thing, thing like, to, to make a stance on, like, oh... They change it from KKK to NKK. That's censorship. No, I think, yeah, it's like really. Oh my God, yeah. man. Just whatever. Just release Yeah, he almost it. like quit his job or something. Yeah, right? Anyway, different thing. Okay, yeah. Totally different thing. Um, but yeah, I think Japan, you know, they just they just don't care about yeah. what like video game blog writers based in New York like think about yeah. like representation and diversity. 
Um, so if, I think the controversy with 15 being a male cast, yeah. like, didn't really matter. And, yeah, like, how it would have been, it's a game about bros road tripping. Yeah. Like, how bad yeah. would it have been if they had, like, changed one of them to a girl? It would have made no sense. It, it, yeah. it just seems like there are better things to waste... Like breath complaining about. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, you know, it gets clicks. Like I clicked on the Polygon thing and that's why they do it is because it's like, hey, somebody's going to click about this and then it's going to spark debate like we're talking about But now. at the same time, like, Cause yeah, like it's, it's the same thing where it's like people for the sake of like representation and diversity, like there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of pressure at least, yeah. in, at least at least like implied pressure yeah. to do things a certain way but then it it I think it can be compromising because you can be bioware where no matter what they do they can't get a break and yeah. part of it's because they do it poorly yeah so it's like okay we know that it's like I think the difference with Bioware is that they intended to talk, to approach those issues though whereas like right like they intend they intend to approach the issues but then they don't do it well yeah it's like it would have been like if Prey didn't consult Native Americans and then they appropriated the culture. Yeah. Kind of like a good example would be, and this company got flack for it, which I kind of think is unfair because they're from like Sweden or Norway, but Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm -hmm. They appropriated Native or tribal type stuff that people thought was similar to Native American culture, yeah. but they thought it was handled poorly. Okay, it, but let me ask yeah. you this. How many gamers sat there and they're like, you know, this really bothers me. It was Most people don't. It's game. just like, like like three people probably on the internet and like yeah. a handful I mean, no, of it's definitely It's definitely like an unwarranted pressure on creativity yeah. in some ways. Yeah. Um, I, think it's, I think it's unfair. Like, I don't think, I think what Prey did was extra above, above and beyond by consulting someone. Yeah. But I think by like using that stuff with like, say you're in Sweden, Norway and you, it's really hard to go consult someone. And I mean, they probably could Skype them or whatever, but they did it. But all they did was take like ideas from the past. I still don't think they deserve to be like reamed over coals, which people I heard on lots of podcasts. People were like, "Well, they used uh, Native American cultural stuff, and this is unfair." And blah blah blah. It's, it's, it's funny because like, those people like, probably with, with robots, yeah, like yeah. in the future. The, and, yeah. like, that's what I was gonna say. Those people still probably went out and played the game. Like they, they yeah, they probably, did. They, they played it. it. They probably liked it. Well, they're reviewers like, and stuff. But, you know, I mean they. I just but think it's unfair when, to judge someone's art so harshly when you don't make art. Okay. Of your the, own problem it, the problem is, is then what can you create? Even yeah, because you can't create like, anything because everything. This is where like video game journalism and like honest reviews have just fallen apart because we're no longer reviewing games based on how good they are, what the game type, is, or how the gameplay is, how's the soundtrack, blah blah blah, that kind of stuff. We're now reviewing games based on social issues, and it's right. Like, we're reviewing we're reviewing games set in fantasy worlds based yeah. on how they are similar or not similar to real life. Yeah, exactly. Cultures. That exact thing actually happened. Uh, a reviewer that I actually really like because he is pro uh, Microsoft, which is very rare nowadays, reviewed The Witcher Three, and he was upset by the lack of diversity in The Witcher Three, which is essentially set in a medieval fantasy version of Poland. <laughs> Which, like, it, to me, and there, I think there actually are a couple people of color even in that game, but um, it was crazy to me to, to think that somebody would be so offended by something when it's like a creative fantasy world in a place that probably wasn't very diverse back sure. at times, yeah. like, and then dock it two points for that. Yeah. So, I mean, or maybe not two points, but it got eight, and I just think, like, it's a pretty great game. 
Um, but you know, I mean, whatever. That's I, I just so, think it's unfair to judge things. I think so there's I think there's two ways to look at that. Yeah. Perhaps there's probably millions of ways to look at that. Yeah, I mean, we're but, all so. But like, two points would be like, okay, if you're creating an entirely fictional world, yeah, especially if you are a like massive publisher, yeah, um, and it's it's totally fantasy, totally science fiction. I think you probably should yeah. include different like you know looks and colors and things like that simply because it's going to be played by a wide yeah. audience and if it has yeah. nothing if it's not based on earth and doesn't yeah. need to include earth's politics or social issues then you're you're pretty much free you're to, I think you're pretty much yeah. free to do so yeah. So it's it's crazy because is Horizon Zero Dawn based on earth at all It is yeah it is based on earth like I don't know how far in the future I didn't get played, but it sounds like at least multiple hundreds of years in okay, the future. But if you live in a no. world that is dominated by nature yeah. and civilization is scant, like that's what tribal yeah. like civilization no, is. Like yeah. so it seems crazy that they would be criticized for that. Now if you were if you were building if you were like making a game that was based on like, you know, like Poland yeah. or like like the south of France in like some period of time and you were getting reamed for it not being diverse enough, like that's insanity. Because yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um it I just think Although people... I to be fair, I don't I don't know enough about the South of France. Maybe it's a hotbed <laughs> yeah. for diversity and I'm totally unaware. Yeah, it's but... I mean the truth comes down to this, like I, I think if you're making a property and and you know it's an art thing and it's I think it should be up to the artist. Yeah, hopefully that artist would want to include people, like want to be inclusive. Yeah. And then if they're not, then people don't have to play or buy their products. Buy the, but yeah. it, but like that, to hate them. But if they if they want to be inclusive, yeah. it either needs to be, it either needs to be like unimportant or totally fleshed out. Yeah, problem. definitely. Because yeah. if it's be, if it's if it's a world that's not Earth, then you don't need to like. Like, if you're going to have, like, people of color or people of not color, if you're going to have people that are pink or whatever, like, yeah. you know, like, um, you know, then it just kind of has to be that way. Did and you? then, and then, but if you're writing something that's based on, like, earth culture and, like, you have to include, then you have to be sensitive. That's why it's, like, you know, like, Bioware with, like, their whole, like, transgendered character. It's, like, okay, like, we're including that, yeah. but, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Who wrote it? Who wrote it? Yeah. yeah. Did you guys get to watch the new Beauty and the Beast film? Sorry, I'm like yes, diverging uh, on it. Yeah, they, did. they did, you know, inclusivity in a way that I thought was fine. They just switched out a couple characters. And, I mean, it did seem a little strange since it's supposed to take place in, like, France a long, long time ago. Are you, but, ta- are you talking about the uh, Gaston's buddy? Oh, no. Well, not just not him. Um, the bookkeeper, who was originally, like, an old white man, is now, like, a young black man. Oh, and, I, didn't even, had, I, didn't, I didn't even notice that. No, it, I mean, like, it's just, like, I, I've seen the original Beauty and the Beast a lot of times. Um, they changed some characters. In the end, it's, it wasn't, you know, didn't affect me. And hopefully it made somebody else feel like, hey, they're being, like, inclusive. And I think that was a fine way to do it. They didn't make it a big point. So they didn't need to flesh someone out. Yeah. They literally just changed a person. Yeah, and that was that. It didn't hurt anybody, you know. Do you, do you think that that would help that type of thing go over smoother with people if they didn't make a huge fuss out of it? Maybe I don't know. I, mean, I think some I people de- want to make. I a guess fuss, it though. depends, though, because like culturally speaking, like if you are like if you were going to make a game set in the modern day, yeah. and you were going to have all sorts of diverse people, but you made there was no distinction between them, I yeah. think people would be upset. Like I think that's like yeah. if it was that's the same thing with like the trans character in Mass Effect, even though it has nothing to do with reality. Well, yeah. it's, but it's written it's written 
It's written poorly. Too, yeah. well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's written right. in a way that that not only highlights what that character is, yeah. but it highlights it poorly. So it's, it's like funny because with an issue like that, how do you? Yeah, that is that's the funny thing is it, it, it was written poorly. But as I think about it now, I'm like, well, this person would probably never I would mention never their know past. That that so they, I guess, what they could have done is put it in a codex entry somewhere. But sure. even then, it's you're like, clicked, yeah, that was it. Uh, but. Yeah, it's it's at a weird point where it's like you're just gonna get flack from stuff regardless. And I think that you know, I mean, it's still good to like talk about the stuff. I, even the Polygon articles, as much as I don't always agree with them, let them talk about stuff. You know, yeah. it, it, even let them review stuff poorly if they want, because in the end, it doesn't matter. I just think it's dumb. Yeah, I, I think see, it's- I see two two big problems. One has to do with games as art, yeah, and then one has to do with representation, which are related issues but separate issues. Because on the one hand. What you want, it's like when I think about, like, if I think about having, like, kids or something one day, having daughters or something like that. Yeah. Like, I like a game like Final Fantasy VI, where there's yeah. a main character female, who's yeah. a female. Or 13. Yeah. yeah. Lightning. And, oh, yeah. and actually, both in both cases this time, main characters who are female, who don't rely on a love story trope to find some type of meaning. Yeah. Like, spoiler alert, if you haven't played Final Fantasy VI, like... Everybody kind of, dies. Right. But, um, but Tara, instead of falling in love with someone, becomes like the head of an orphanage, basically. Like, she's cool. super badass. And then Lightning, you know... Never really needed a man. At least yeah, as far as I that's, got. That's, that's, that's returns, it's like, right? you want to see, see that, where it's like... And so it's just, I can imagine it's the same thing for people like of color, for yeah. people of different diversities. Like, they want to see themselves... They want to be able to play things that represent them in games. And I think that's yeah. extremely important. Yeah. So then... The next thing is, like, games is art. Like, people need to be able to execute their visions without yeah. having to be... Worried about this, yeah. You know, if someone, if someone with, like a, like, a vision, like, a terrible vision for a product who just happens to be, like, a really, like, misogynistic or a racist person or something like that, like, people are going to find out and people are going to not support it. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get, like, flagged for what it is. But if someone who is, like... You know, like a like an open minded, not like trying to be exclusive, just has a certain vision for something. Yeah. Like they shouldn't feel like they have to compromise their vision by making inclusions for things. Because that's the thing. I don't know, it's probably not this way, obviously, with Bioware, but it's like that's like a complicated thing where they're like, Okay, well we need to include this type of character. How do we write it? How do we like you know, like the, I, yeah, it's like a crazy thing. It's, like, uh, and it's hard too because it's like you could do the Bioware or some other games where you they just allow you to create the main character. Yeah. And then that gives you tons of options. You know, right. you're essentially, but say you want to make a game that's story driven like Final Fantasy 15 where the main character is Noctis. If they would have just allowed you to choose between male and female, the whole game might have had to be, you know, kind of different. Oh, you know, like yeah, you it wouldn't, I mean, unless they just wanted to be very insensitive, then, right. they, you know, so it's like, they wanted to make that story. Yeah. So, like, I don't see the, you know, the people, and this could be, again, a Japanese thing, but I don't see people attacking, like, Attack on Titan, a uh, Japanese anime about all white people in a city. Like, I don't see, like, tons of stories all day about, like, man, there's not enough Asian people, or no, there's not enough black people, or women. There are some women, but, I mean, it's it just, I don't see that being attacked. But I see games nonstop, like, a new story about how games aren't inclusive almost every week. Mm-hmm. Like, it's getting to the point where I feel like maybe everyone's a little bit too sensitive about yeah, this. Maybe, yeah. yes and no. So I think that there's something different with, 
with interactivity, which yeah. games are. Yeah. Because it's the same reason that they're like for toys, like for dolls, they're, they're sh- like, you can't yeah, just you, have white yeah, Barbie. Wanna, yeah. Because what does that do to like a child's mind developing where the only toys they can play with and develop like connections to are, don't represent them? Yeah. It's, it's different with interaction than just watching something. I think. Yeah. So games yeah. are the same way. Like, But to be fair though, to change Barbie is a lot easier than to change a game. Oh, yeah. yeah Barbie yeah. has no story. You literally just do like, goes into that. It, it's, it's hard because like when you're making a game, you need to have that vision. Just like, you know, we do music and when you make an album, you need to have like a vision or else you're just going to make terrible work. Mm-hmm. You have to have vision. If you don't have it, then you're going to make probably not. And then this is another game I still think is art, but not great art, a Call of Duty, where it's not really a vision. It's just like, here's the story, here's the setting, do the same thing you always do. Right. Here's the boxes you fill in. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Let, the, let the cool story still exist. Back you know? to the root of this problem expecting like diversity and like a, a, a nice diverse story from. A Call of Duty game is just not something that. Yeah, that to me is. That, that's the that's the stupidest part about this but whole thing. It's to probably me. a yeah. slow news week. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. Because this is the same guy that wrote that article about Colin Moriarty. Oh yeah, this yeah. is own good, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That that Colin Moriarty story. What was it again exactly? About how he was. Uh, oh, his text or his tweet, right? It yeah, was like, how he was like sexist and how. There's people oh, like him that yeah. make it so his daughters are afraid to play video games. And you remember that, right? The tweet they said. I where remember that bit, woman. but makes his daughters afraid to play video games. games. Yeah, because, because, he's, because he's, of people like that, my daughters can't grow up to play video games or be strong and confident. And it's like, oh, you just man. really need to pick and choose your battles a little better. I honestly think a lot of it has to do with like clicks and likes and the idea of like the game industry. I mean, we're, we're talking about this and we do this. A lot of us do this for fun and we love to do this. Yeah. But like it as a whole is trying to survive in a world where like people don't want advertisements and that's how they get a lot of their revenue. Physical media is pretty much gone. Yeah. So people don't like want that at all. So how are we going to keep people coming to us when we've got Kotaku's which have like Jason Schreier who is always breaking the news story first? Like what are you going to talk about? That's going to get someone to read. So yeah. you know, I, I think about um, subjects. I think there's also just a spirit of that though in in the media in general, like yeah. being aggressively against anyone that's not for in, them, not yeah. totally exclu- inclusive in the ways that you want them to be. Yeah. So yeah. it's like there's that we're like excluding exclusive people, or yeah. like in, if, if we're not being inclusive enough, and it's like that it's backwards, but that won't ever change until that trend dies out. Yeah. But speaking of both a, a nice, a, a bit of a cleaner topic, and yeah. also Jason Schreier. Yeah. He posted a thing from Bungie, where or about Bungie this week about how like a reminder that Bungie is not the same company that it used to be. It's about Destiny, um, I believe, right? And yeah. this uh, because the people don't like. There's like yeah. a some guy made an article or a list of like all the developers that were there for like Halo, Halo 2, Two, yeah, who are there now, and it's like hardly anyone. Probably, yeah, and right. I think he he worded a super great point and I saw some really hilariously like poor thought out comments about like oh like you're knocking the developer now which he wasn't but he makes a really good point something that I've thought for years um, is speaking of games as an art form yeah like people can't expect we treat uh, we all we associate game and franchises and even the artistic side of things with 
companies and corporations instead of people, yeah. even though art is, is very much made by people. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. it's like it's the same reason. <laughs> same, so the reason that Final Fantasy doesn't feel like old Final Fantasies is because the guy that invented Final Fantasy and the people that yeah. worked on those old Final Fantasies don't work at that company anymore. Yeah. Like, and, and that doesn't mean that new Final Fantasy is intrinsically bad because I think specifically with a franchise like Final Fantasy, it's made to be different every time with yeah. certain certain similar things but there's a lot of room for interpretation that's why I think 13 is not that bad I do think that 13 2 is awful but um, yeah. and uh, you know that's why I think 15 is pretty great because it it, it is it that it's like an ever yeah. the whole concept of Final Fantasy is ever evolving but it's not going to feel the same way it's, and that's why like Mass when Effect I, Andromeda yeah and that's the same thing Mass Effect Andromeda is the same thing and that's why when I, I always cringe when I read like IGN comments where it's like Square, please just make a new Chrono Trigger game. It'll make so yeah. much money. It's like you really want that? No one that made Chrono yeah. Trigger possible is at it's Square. There, yeah. It would be awful. It would be like a focus group. I want to like, believe though. <laughs> see, that's the thing. That would be like that would be like Capitol Records making a new Beatles record because yeah. that was the company that put out all the Beatles music. Yeah. This, and, no, this is an off example. Or a but, group called Beatles. That yeah, is not yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying though. They could do. <laughs> they could do it, yeah. but it, it wouldn't be the same. That's it's the like thing. Paul McCartney like, and three other randos. Yeah, like, like we're the Beatles. Aesthetic, yeah, like yeah. aesthetic story. Story ticks, this like character designs. Off, off example, uh, Roland Emmerich, everyone kept saying for years and years, make a sequel to Independence Day, make a sequel he to did. Independence Day. <laughs> wow. And look what happens when look what happened when he made one. It, that, that also comes down to not only are people important, but like I was mentioning earlier, like the vision, the idea, it has to be there too. Like art mm-hmm. is not something that you can churn out like you can do, you know, math problems or something. It's not something where it's just like this is the formula, you yeah. do it. It comes out this way. Yeah, it, I think. Well, I think that's a big problem with um, with Square now. Is besides like spending way too much time chasing the like phone market and the Final Fantasy Legacy yeah. market and all that kind of BS. Which like, I, I'm okay with them putting those games on everything as long they as they don't spend original. enough time like just like developing an ide- yeah. like a, a new identity with the staff that they have. Yeah. Like the only guy that tries to do anything that's unique to himself is the Kingdom Hearts guy. Yeah. And it's always so batshit crazy. Yeah. It's like Well, uh the cool guy from uh I think his name's Yoko Taro. Oh, ne- yeah, ne- he's, yeah, yeah, he's, See, he does interesting stuff. Right. right. And and people I I noticed some at least some journalists like correctly go like his game. It's like the same way like Kojima has like an identity yeah. attached to his games. Yeah. You know, it's like that's important. Yeah. Like Sakaguchi, the Final Fantasy dude, has like an identity at Miss Walker, his new company. And those games, they ha- there's a definitely like a similar feeling to them than old with compared to old Final Fantasies. They're not the same, yeah. but there's something similar, and it's because it's made by that guy. Like and it's like yeah. gotta have that director. So games are made by multiple people. We don't want to you know just say oh Yoko Taro made this game or blah blah blah. But that person normally has the vision, which has then carried out Drives by all the yeah. people. That do that, and they will affect the game slightly, but realistically, you know, like all boats, like it needs to have one captain. Like if right. it's got, that's why I think it's. I feel bad <laughs> for the people who work on. A lot of people work on games because their names are never like said. Like, oh, he's so. You know, they, there's thousands of people work on a game, but in a lot of ways, the director, just like for a film, is so important because you can't have like a thousand people making any game they want at the same time and then put right. it together and make the game. Yeah. So I just wanted, I wanted to devo- you know, diverge and talk about that for just one second real quick. Yeah. Just because I feel like we talk about those names like uh, Kojima and nobody really ever thinks like, oh man, he's got a team. But yeah, he is, he is more the most important part of the vision, but he's still got a team of people that are, yeah. are that yeah. he's steering and directing into the, yeah. 
the thing. So like even if you got the Chrono Trigger team, the main thing you need is the primary creative director. You need a good, dire- and then need for a that good game, writer too for Chrono Trigger. Yeah, that game. Well, okay, so that game there are four. Well, the director would hopefully be like somebody who knows all parts, but that game you need a lot because the music's so important, the art style's so important, the writing's so important that like you at least need four people. Who yeah, have, like, I mean, games, games and movies are like this one. It's crazy, for, yeah. like these crazy forms of art where people expect like a certain level of like excellence yeah. from different people, just yeah. the same franchise name. Yeah, you know, it's like. You know, like, it would be like if someone else wrote other Game of Thrones novels that weren't George R.R. Martin. Like, no one would, no one would buy it. Like, I mean, they would buy it literally, but no one would, like, believe it in a sense. Where it's like, and so you can't expect the same. Like, you can't expect, like, Mass Effect to feel anything like Like the original Mass Mass Effect when no one, no one's there. Yeah. No one's there that's gonna, that can make that happen. It's not even because they're not good. It's because it's impossible to be the same as someone else. Like, to to be the same, like, to have the same, like, direction and then have the same group mind that made Mass Effect 1 when it's a totally different group of people. They could make something good, but they'd have to find their own identity to do so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just an interesting topic. We could probably talk about this for hours because it's so like so vast and like there's so much to speak about when you talk about creation and art but we should probably save that for next week and come back ripping and roaring with some hopefully some new games to play i'm gonna get me some mario kart um this week because i never really played eight i know you did oh you beat it i played i played a ton of mario kart i'm excited to finally play it comes out tomorrow. I'm very excited. Um, whenever you listen to this. So whenever you listen to this, uh, comes out tomorrow. You can now download us on iTunes. Uh, you can't so, find us, though. It's hidden. We're never going to say the name. Um, yeah, if you try to put it on the screen, then we're, I'll delete it. Censor. Censorship. You got that, YouTube? That's your thing. Badoosh! All right. Oh, yeah. That's uh, to us people that can feel things, it, it, uh, it hurts.